Hey there, you internet pal that downloaded this MP3 file off of the internet. It's your good pal, Polly, here, and I just wanted to drop a quick note here at the start of the episode that at about 2 hours, 27, 28 minutes or so, uh, the audio quality and sound is going to change a bit because despite being a recording engineer, I kind of bunged up the recording a little bit, but uh, Rhett is always doing a backup recording from his end, and things do sound a bit different from that, uh, but the entire episode is still intact. It's all good, so I just wanted to drop this in here at the start to let you know it's not your speakers blowing out from how awesome we are or anything. I'm just kind of a derp sometimes. Just thinking about other people. Yeah, but that, that, I, that was the last line. trying to look out for other people. I'm just be. I'm not being mean, just trying to look out <laughs> for other people. And then the no, line before so, that, the care. line before that, it's not that great that you have to talk about it every day. It's a standard horror visual novel, <laughs> and there are lots of those. Please calm down. I'm not being mean, just trying to look out for other people. Piss off, oh. the Green Ranger! It's the SoxCast, episode 63, still the only games-related podcast dedicated to figure out why extra lives in old games are sometimes called rest. I'm your host, Polly, how's everybody <laughs> doing today? Uh, you're, going, you're going with that as the intro. <laughs> Absolutely, you coward piece of shit! You follow me on Twitter and you send this to me via email via a burner account. Grow a pair. Unfollow me, you jackass! I don't want you in my life anyway. Fucking ballless coward <laughs> piece of shit! You cunt! You dirty, filthy, stinking piece of shit cunt. To my immediate virtual right, he's been all up in my good graces. It's Rhett. Hi. Rhett, you, you are in my good graces. You're not like this shit bag. No. I'd like to thank John for ruining the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know or don't understand why I just flipped out there or why I started the episode the way that I did, uh, prior to the podcast, John mentioned a quote-unquote bullshit email. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And Rhett's like, no, 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 don't, no, don't. <laughs> and it turns out that whoever sent this bullshit email also CC'd it to me. So they obviously wanted me to very personally see this. Because, like, the, nobody does this. Nobody sends it to podcast at SoxMakePeopleSexy.net and nobody just CCs it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coward. Piece <laughs> of garbage. Uh, so how's it going, Rhett? It's very snowy. Is it? How's, how's I was about I'm to say... i what I was going to go with anyways. Rhett's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just like, if I... If I if I ignore it, the anger will subside and not burn me alive. 
Oh, hey, it's not snowy here. But yeah, it was it was like sixty four today, and like looking well, at our, okay, look, we we got like a solid two weeks of snow, but now it's finally chilling out, chilling out. You, you, uh, you get it? Uh, yeah. I see what you did there because chill and cold, like they imply, yeah. are kind of the same thing. It's, a, it's actually people. warming up. Oh fuck you! <laughs> nice. <laughs> I almost actually so funny story this morning though. Right, I had to get the so. For reasons, I had to get the paper this morning at 9 a.m., so I go outside, and I ne- I'm never up at that time, and I walk out my door, and there was this huge fucking icicle on the roof, mm-hmm. and I guess as I closed the door, it was enough of a vibration oh. on the house, Uh-oh. and it just fucking crashes down, like, <laughs> less than a foot away from me, and, like, breaks part of the deck. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> You're almost like Ralphie in a Christmas story. Look up, like I broke my glasses. Oh yeah, definitely. And, no, I think that would have split your skull if it damaged the yeah. fucking deck. Jesus Christ! It's like it's a like... video game obstacle course. <laughs> yeah, thing. for real. Like, oh, yeah, there's still was... an icicle that's gonna kill you. And I remember even thinking, like, oh, if it falls, you just walk out of the way. And then when it actually happened, like, I just flinched and went, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, okay, good. I, I didn't get killed while I was the only one here. That's a good <laughs> that thing. Like, I I can definitely say you not being killed, a good yeah. thing. Good thing. Good thing. Brightens up our day a bit. Yeah, like, every day I wake up and Rhett's alive, I'm like, <laughs> whew, dodged a bullet. Like, fist bump emoji. There you go. There you go. To my immediate virtual left, get a load of this! It's John Thire. Hi! Hey. I know that, I get that reference. I'm trying to remember what it's from. Is it you don't... Oh, my God. You're... Get a load of this. <laughs> You're hopeless. I bet Rhett knows oh. what it's from. No. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't want Wait, do it again? I don't want to host a podcast with you two anymore. I just realized. <laughs> it just struck me. <laughs> you guys fucking talk about Sonic Adventure all the fucking time? That was it. Oh, yeah. And now... Like, and I make... The, and I'm uh, the one that makes the Sonic reference and... <laughs> Oh my god, is this just going to be the episode where that I spend screaming at the top of my lungs? Is that what this is going to be? Is that what we're going for? Is everything in the world conspired to piss me the fuck off? It's no use. It's no use! It's no use. It's no use. How you doing, John? Pretty good. Got a cup of tea, got water, got a comfy chair. Sound like a better podcast setup where instead of holding a rock band microphone for four hours, I have a nice one set on a table next to me along with some beverages and I'm in a reclining chair in my pajamas just like ten feet away from my computer and I'm very comfy. That's a good way to be. That's definitely a good way to be. So yeah, yeah, you're definitely in podcast mode which is why I'm going to start things by throwing it right over to Rhett. (laughs) Hey Rhett. Oh boy, how's it going? It's going. I hear, I hear you're the star of this episode again. I no, I think John technically has four things. We could start with him. Well, we're gonna yeah. start with we're gonna start with you because I like you more than John. Oh, okay, because I don't make Sonic Adventure jokes all the time like yeah. he does. Yeah, like you know, I don't I don't spend all day defending that game on yeah, like, for some reason. That 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 kind of like puts John like a rung lower. In the general person tiers. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So you know, just there, kinda... there's two types of people: people who like Sonic Adventure, and people <laughs> and people who defend Sonic Adventure. Ah, <laughs> uh, so so there's only two categories: people that like it and people that defend it. No, no. I'm just everyone, not. Yeah, that, that kind of got screwed up. <laughs> that got screwed up, but we're going to pretend that it was real funny anyway. So everybody, come on. Let's have a nice, a nice big, healthy gut laugh. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Whoo, rat. Oh, my God. That's, that's such a good joke. Final Fantasy 10 now? Yeah, let's talk about Final Fantasy 10 now. <laughs> Memes. Right, what you been up to? Uh, so last week, I was actually finishing up a game. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about it because I had a lot of anime to talk about. Oh, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Just like, a little bit. So I delayed on talking about one thing, and I pushed it to this episode, and that thing is XCOM 2. Oh, hey, that is the, that's a sequel to XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yes. So I finished this the day after. Nice, nice. Always nice. the podcast, and then I kept playing it. Well, for mean, another two weeks or so. I think that's it, a good sign. <laughs> it became very close to being the only thing I had to talk about for this episode. And you played so, with NEP mods on. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> right of when I bought this game, like kind of the tipping point on the like the scale was, oh right, somebody made a whole bunch of Neptunia mods for this dumb thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's whole like workshop support. So and the the character customization customization is actually really cool where you can build your soldiers before actually starting the game Mm -hmm. and then they'll just be there as like your initial squad so and like you can set up colors on their armors which was like fucking locked dlc in the original game which really sucked Uh, yeah 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 Mm -hmm. so like i just spend like an hour just making oh here's neptune and oh personality easygoing and like set the voice (laughs) there's all this workshop support and like even the voices there's English and Japanese available for almost everyone. And you, oh my god! And you went with Japanese because you suck. So I went with Japanese for the Neptunia characters and because because you suck. Because <laughs> and then you, when I, because you suck. Say it. <laughs> because I'm weeb trash. <laughs> I would have preferred because I suck. We'll accept but, it. But then when I made other characters, I used the English voices <laughs> on them. As well. Oh my so, god. So yeah, I went full. So Astro was using Neptune English. Oh my Eth- god. Ether was using blonde English. And then Paul and then Polly was using noir English. It's so, like I had a whole squad of no one actually using the original voice clips. Oh my god, we were fucking trash. Trash. And then so one of the so there's new classes in this game, mm-hmm. and they're two of the classes are very similar to the previous game, the sniper and grenadier. As far as I can tell, they're pretty similar to the first game. Hmm. Uh, so the assault class is totally different now. Where previously they were the ones with like run and gun and shotguns and stuff. Yeah, they're they have swords now. Yeah, that's really cool. So they're. Their new class name is Ranger, and that sword stuff gets really fun once you get, like, a really high-level one who has all the skills yeah. on trees. Because, like, you start doing ridiculous shit. Like, one of the skills is, like, attack an enemy if they get within melee range. Mm-hmm. And so some enemies, like chrysalids, like the spider things, they always just run right up to you. Yeah. 
so and you get your attack first when they do that. Mm-hmm. So I've had a character like just run out into the middle of a bunch of those, have them all swarm on him, and just like get three or four sword swipes off oh, that's on so... their on their turn, counterattacking them before they can do anything. That's so rad. And then there's like there's a chain skill where it's like you activate it, and then if you get a kill, it just refunds your action points to do another sword attack. Oh, that's so cool. So having moves where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to activate this, then bing, 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 go enemy to enemy and like kill three or four. It's like, rangers are really damn fun. Cool. And then there's one other skill that's like, if you get a kill on your turn, the next attack on you, the next turn will always miss. Oh, God. Damn. So They sound a so, little overpowered. <laughs> but this game is also very fucking hard, and they... Because they're such a front-range fighter, they're very uh, prone to things going wrong <laughs> and getting fucked up. Like, oh, I ran too far out and triggered another group of enemies. Now they're way ahead of the rest of the group. Uh-oh. Oh, you're done. So, like, so there's definitely drawbacks to them, but they are very powerful when used mm-hmm. efficiently. And it's a game that actively encourages you to rush. Like, like Yeah. And it's kind of why I kind of don't really like mm-hmm. the rhythm of the second game quite as much. Because mm, yeah. Not so, as slow and methodical as the first one. I didn't think the timer stuff was that bad, but I also downloaded a mod to make it a little easier for my first playthrough. Ah, I got you. Because, yeah, the timed missions are just... They're strict as hell. So the mod I got was, like, adds four turns to all of them. Uh-huh. And then, at, at the end of the game, it said my average turns remaining on the timed ones was 3.7. <laughs> so it's like, oh, yep, I, I needed that little bit more. Yeah, just a, just a smidge. Just a smidge, because it's like, there was one mission where, like, Polly was, like, one tile away from the evac point, and then it was just like, okay, gotta go, and, this, and then on the mission results screen, it's like, Polly was captured. I'm like, fuck you. Everyone ah, was dead. damn it. There were no enemies left. That's this is kind of bullshit, you know? Yeah, then I loaded a previous save. So I was you were safe scumming the shit out of that game. Definitely towards the start, towards the end, I didn't as much, mm. and like mm-hmm. I even like some of the hairier missions towards the end. I was just like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens. And I came really close to losing one character, and I was like, oh, that was intense because I knew I wasn't going to reload if they died. Mm-hmm. Then on like the second to last mission, I did have a character die, and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to roll with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Th- so the other new kind of newish class is the specialist. They have a little robot buddy that can do healing from a distance. Hack things. Yeah, but it's specifically healing from a distance. That's really nice. Yeah, that's real good. Like healing in XCOM is like it's got to be timed it- just right. <laughs> and sometimes it's yeah. just like, yeah, that was a waste. <laughs> In Enemy Unknown, though, as I recall, it's been a while, like, I remember Scouts, I think that was the class, Yeah, had to be, like, with one or two tiles of a player to heal them, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of agonizingly awful. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Especially the robot dude, now. Especially if a dude was quite a bit away, and your team was kind of split up maybe yeah. into two different units. Yeah, so now the robots can just fly around the whole battlefield and heal people from a distance, so it makes them much more viable as kind of staying back. That's real cool. On, on Overwatch. And snipers seem like they're weaker now because, like, you can't just put them in one place and have them stay there the whole time because of the timed missions and stuff. Like, they have to be moving ahead with everybody else. Yeah, so squad sight's really only so useful now. 
it has mm-hmm. saved my ass a couple times. Mm-hmm. And there's still like the slow methodical missions, but like when you have to evac them at the end, at the end of the mission, like they gotta be not too far behind. Yeah. Because enemies will send for reinforcements now. I don't know if that's completely new, but like on a lot of the non-timed missions, once you do the objective, it'll start spawning in more enemies. Like, you got to get your ass out of here now. So you don't have to so, fight off the reinforcements. You can just get the evac. You can just get out, yeah. Okay, that's good. Gotcha, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it'll just keep spawning them, like, every couple turns. If I'm not mistaken, that's something they added in Long War, uh, which was a mod for the first game. Uh, yeah. That, that made it really unfun and miserable. Oh. <laughs> I... So, yeah, I don't know much about the original Long War. There's also Enemy Within, which was like a full DLC campaign kind of addition to the about original that. game that yeah. I also had played. I got that too, and I need to play that at some point because it adds like yeah. like um, the 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 new um, shit. <laughs> the new shit. Yeah, it adds the new shit. Just I think like, it was like hell yeah, the enemy- new shit. I thought it was, like, enemy versions of your human squad. Like, you'd have enemy snipers and stuff. Yeah, they have some of that, and there's, like, a a new kind of resource that you can gather to um, build, like, super soldiers that are even better than the stuff you can make. uh, Mm. You can, like, roboticize them now, I think. What? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember. Like, I need to play it. Like, I I specifically very much need to play it. Yeah. So, and then I got to the very end of XCOM 2, and that last mission, that last room is so fucked this time. Oh, God. It's, like, more fucked than the previous game. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> the previous game's final room. That, that'll that just basically be the end for a lot of people. And that's so Un- miserable. <laughs> well, so I saw Mind Control twice on this playthrough. Oof. If Once you, get, if you se- get Mind Controlled in these games, it's real fucking bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I only encountered it twice in the impi- my entire first playthrough on the second mission, which I was like, oh, okay, I'll just kill that sectoid. And oh, mind control over. And then on the very final mission, Uh-oh. the final bosses were like, well, we're just going to ex- we're just going to mind control your whole squad. Fuck you. And I'm oh. just like, oh, oh. This is- I mean, OK, it wasn't actually AOE mind control. But they did it multiple turns in a row and were actually able to do two at once. Oh my so that was God. pretty fucked. <laughs> That's, yeah. Like, if you get a unit mind-controlled, like, and there yeah. are a lot of situations where it's just like, that unit's just done. You're not getting them back. <laughs> yeah. As so, in permanently done. <laughs> yeah, because there's permanent death in this game, and even though I saved scummed around a lot of that. So my first time on the final mission went, like, horrifically bad. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, let's just let's do this mission over again because I cannot salvage this. So I did the whole mission again, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to camp in this specific location and do it, and we'll be fine this time. And the final boss had mind control that went much further range than I thought they had. Uh-oh. So it ended up with <laughs> one of my squad, my squad's mind controlled, and I can't even get a bead on the final boss oh. to attempt to break it. Oh, that's good. So things went horrifically bad. So kill the things unit. Went, things went even worse the second time, oh, <laughs> which I could not believe because I was like playing too defensively. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I got real mad at the game. I'm like, uh, I, I can't salvage this. I really don't want to do this last mission again. But then, so the game auto saves every turn. Yeah. 
So that, that's uh, that's giving you some leeway to save scum for sure. Just a bit. But it only keeps the last three turns, and then it, start, it removes them. Oh. So I loaded the game back up after kind of ranting about it on Twitter, and I've got a save that's like three terms from when I had died. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is probably screwed. And then I loaded up, and like the first character had already been mind control, controlled. Oh, and I think instead of shooting them dead this time, I just had everyone retreat even further back. Mm-hmm. Which then made the final boss oh, no. kind of pursue us. Oh no! And then, and then they did the mind control the second times again. Still, and then Polly, my sniper, fucking one hit crit that guy. You're goddamn right. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> and I was like, right. oh, oh, the mind control's broken now. So the first character isn't dead anymore. The second character is now not mind controlled. We've actually got a shot at this. So there's actually three of the final boss enemy, and then oh, God. take out the second one, and then Polly gets another crit on the third one. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm son. just like, I can't fucking believe I turned that around with this. Like, there's a gear you can put on your guns, and I had thrown one of them on that was just like 10% chance to instantly kill an enemy no matter what. Damn. I'm just like, well, sh- well, shit. That that was a very good thing to put on that gun, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And then even works on bosses, which you wouldn't expect. Which I didn't expect it to work on basically everything. I guess in the XCOM 2 DLC, there's like some enemies that it actually won't work on. But it does Mm -hmm. work on the guys at the end of the game, and normally that was cool. That's awesome. (laughs) So like my whole... But then, so I finished the game, and I'm just like... I'm very conflicted by this game, because it's like, I liked it. Mm -hmm. But it's also such a retread of the original, really. Where it's a very evolutionary mm-hmm. sequel. And I just kind of thought about like all this crazy shit that happened in the original. I'm just like, I don't really feel there's much of that at all in the sequel. Like, the enemy variety just kind of isn't there. Like, when mm-hmm. the first you know? XCOM starts busting out new enemies, yeah. you, get, you get real scared real quick. Yeah, there's just not quite as much of that in this. Like, there's two new enemy types that I can recall very vividly. Mm-hmm. But, like, their attacks are just kind of like, oh, there, an AoE is going to land here on the next turn. Better move. Oh, that's... Yeah. Uh, so it's the first not... time a crystal had popped out yeah. in the first game, and it was like, oh... And then, you, like, they they kind of, like... It's almost scripted so that, like, you see them, like, zombify a normal human that's just, yeah. like, a, a hostage or whatever. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, God. And they can do it in one hit, and it's guaranteed... Oh, God. Oh. I'm not even... So that... Chrysalids never fucked me over in this game. Like, by the time they started showing up on my first playthrough, like, they were just dying in one hit because they were wow. too weak. God, they were just, like, the yeah, big... Yeah, they're nightmares in the first yeah, game. Yeah, they were big oh-fuck moments. They're the worst in the first game. Absolutely. So, like, yeah, a lot of stuff that was kind of carried over, like, never even hit me once. Like, Berserkers, I think, are back, and, like... The first time I saw one, it ran up and knocked a character unconscious, mm-hmm. which lasts the entire mission. Yeah, that's... <laughs> they, they never actually wake up. Ouch! So that, that was kind of messed up, and then... But then, like, after that, like, you get kind of strong enough, and berserkers aren't a problem anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was very conflicted. Like, the new enemy types just didn't have kind of the same oomph that I thought the original game did. Yeah. But so this game has modding support. Yeah. So I was looking for another hit. <laughs> So I won't go through the whole thing, but like I spent like 
four or five days just kind of trying to balance things out to have a second playthrough that went well. Yeah, and that first was I'm like, fun and yeah. challenging at the same time. Yeah. So first I'm like, okay, I'm going to play on Iron Man, but on the rookie difficulty, and I'll turn off the turn speed thing. Mm-hmm. And then like a couple hours in, I'm just like, this is too easy. This is just boring. Yeah. And so, so then I looked into Long War 2. Oh, God. And, oh, boy. I do not like the changes they've made to that game. So I haven't really talked about the tactical side, and maybe it's a bit mundane to do so where like you have a world map now and you've got a ship that moves around and like you gather resources on there Mm -hmm. so it's less like kind of sitting back and passing time from the original game Mm -hmm. now you're being kind of more proactive in expanding your territory and you have to like make contact with the other resistance bases nice but so in long war ii they change missions though so to have the thing called an infiltration phase oh so like you send some squaddies out and then the mission doesn't start. You just go back to scanning, and then like a week later, they're like, okay, we're ready to strike. Oh, whoa. And it just adds this super weird layer of like having the dun 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 like the big mission select and like choosing your squad mm-hmm. and then going back to the map, and it just is anticlimactic, you know? Yeah, that like, that's, doesn't seem yeah. very fun. And then like. The mo- there's a whole system of, like, the more people you send on it, the mission might be easier, because, like, the math or something. Yeah. And, like, how long they infiltrate will make the mission easier, and, like, what gear they affects inf- effect- what gear they equip affects the infiltration speed, and it's just like, who thought any of this was fun, you guys? Yeah, this like, is just, like, because we can, it kind of feels yeah. like. Like, hey, look, I can make the game do a thing that it didn't do normally. That's kind of yeah. cute. And I do <clears> understand, <throat> like, the overall conceptual idea of having, like, being able to deploy squads in multiple places across the world at mm-hmm. the same time. Like, that's actually kind of cool. Because in, in the more normal game and in, in XCOM, the first, when it's like, oh, you've got two missions here. Which one are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, well, I have the manpower to do both at the same time. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of silly. So Long War gets rid of that, basically. Mm. But then, like, it's like, I don't know, do I just send two characters on this mission? It says it'll be easier if I do. And then you get in, and it's just, like, completely fucked. It's oh, like, God. I just couldn't find the balance. And I'm just like, I am not having any fun at all with this. So, And th- there's a whole other thing where, like, you can manage individual resistance members at the bases. Like, oh, set this one to be the scavenger and sent this one to be communications. And like this is on top of your normal base, uh, like, and I'm just like, this is the like the dumbest <clears throat> micromanaging shit. Like, why is this in here? Yeah. And then like managing gear between all your characters Ugh. also seemed like it'd be way worse on this. So I didn't give Long War much of a shot after that. The thing about so Long fun- War, at least the the one in the first game, I like I like some of the ideas that they have. I just mm-hmm. wish that, like, when I installed it, there was, like, check boxes where I could be like, okay, I want this, but I don't want <laughs> this, and I don't want this, and I want and I want this. Like, I kind of wish you could, like, install those mods piecemeal, like, w- with its installer or something, and just be like, okay, I this is my custom experience. Well, good news, because in <laughs> XCOM 2, Uh-oh. they released a bunch of the stuff that makes Long War 2, Long War 2, they released all those as standalone mods originally. Oh, that's kind of cool, actually. So, a lot of that stuff, like the class rebalances mm-hmm. and like the new classes they did, you can download those mods individually. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. 
So for my second actual full playthrough of XCOM 2, I downloaded one that was all the new enemies from Long War 2. Because mm. that's what I was craving in this game. I want more shit to shoot. I want more shit to shoot and more shit to make me poop my pants. Yeah, so they have like newer, <laughs> higher tiers of all the enemies, like mutons wearing armor and crazy shit like that. Nice. And then I downloaded another mod called A Better Advent. Advent is the name of the kind of enemy force you're fighting the whole game. Mm-hmm. And this is another mod that just adds a whole bunch of like new tiers of enemies. And like the enemy AI is tweaked. They use Overwatch a lot more. Ooh. Like the regular soldiers have like classes similar to your own where like I've actually seen one guy with like the me- mechanical drone that goes around and healing other characters. Oh, that's fucked. Side. That's fucked. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> I think they like there's enemy snipers, even though they didn't seem as bad as you'd think. Yeah. And then, so I don't even know specifically which mod is adding which and new enemy, but like, there's a new, even higher tier of like the Walker mech mm-hmm. that I posted originally, and it's like, oh, you've you've made his life bar even bigger than now. That's good. Yeah. So I downloaded these two mods that make the enemy forces much more intimidating, and I downloaded another mod called Additional Mission Types, mm. and that one didn't really go well. Uh oh. Because some of those mission types are just, they did not seem balanced whatsoever. Whatsoever. Because mm. like one of them is like, oh, it's a defense mission, and we spawn in new enemies like every turn, mm-hmm. and you just get completely fucking overrun. That's... So I, I really wouldn't recommend that one. And then one of the part of that like also <laughs> conflicted with one of the enemy mods because they're like trying to spawn in very specific enemies. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So some of the mission types just straight up broke. Whoops. And it's like, oh, you can fix this by commenting out these lines from like an original mission. I'm like, I don't want to remove shit. <laughs> so, and then I downloaded one other mod that was like, Oh, change your squad size from six to eight. And boy, did I need that. Oh yeah, that's good. That's the one that a better advent says to use. Cause it's like, yeah, you're going to be overwhelmed here if you don't have like enough people. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I load up all those mods and I play on rookie, <laughs> the easiest of the three, four difficulties actually. Mm-hmm even though my first game was on the second. Mm-hmm. So even on Rookie, though, boy, did I get my ass kicked <laughs> on the playthrough. Just a much more kind of satisfying, but, like, kind of unbalanced. Because, like, th- that's the thing about XCOM is that there's a very, very fine line they're walking here with balance. Yeah. And, like, making you feel, like, pushed to the edge at, like, all times. Yeah. And I think once you start getting into mods, like, that's kind of out the window. Yeah. So it was really hard just finding a balance that's, like, not going to completely overwhelm me, you know? Oh, yeah. Because, like, yeah. like, when I played Long War Two, like, the first mission was really fun. And then you get to the second, and it's like, oh, this is this is messed. And then, like, with these mods, it's like, oh, first mission's fun. And then you get to the third one, and you're just like, oh, I'm completely outclassed for this. Like, because I think I'd started without the additional squad members one. And it's like, yeah, this is not possible with just four guys at the start. Hmm. So yeah, I so I play through this whole playthrough, and uh, I wasn't safe scumming. So a lot of characters died this time. <laughs> oh, that was a bloodbath! I saw yes. you posting screenshots. It was just yeah. like, oh god. So one of them was one of those additional mission types, like the one where it's just I'm going to spawn in new enemies every turn, and that one just does not work. Hmm. So I, I lo- yeah, I think like 
Ether, Polly, and Nepgear all died on the same mission, which was that one. <laughs> Ouch. And, and they were like, it was funny too, because those three characters like were my backbone of the original playthrough. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I, I guess I'm using new characters now because they're all gone. But then there's that, uh, like the, the base defense one where it's like your actual home base is being attacked and it's a permanent game over if you lose. Mm. That that one was from the original game and it boy it went real badly with the, the harder enemies. Yeah, I'd so I lost a, so. Yeah, so I lost a lot of more characters there and I was saying I wasn't gonna you know reload if something went wrong, but then I actually got the permanent game over. Oh. It was like oh um, good thing I'm not playing on Iron Man, so I rolled back one turn and then let some more characters die. <laughs> Tried to salvage the shit show. Yeah. So how does the saving work exactly? In let's say in the first in XCOM Enemy Unknown, how does the saving work on like the default difficulty? Uh, I think it just saves a lot. There's a mode called Iron Man yeah. that you can okay. turn on that'll only give you one save slot and it auto saves. Yeah. I don't think you can manually but, save during missions either. Okay, so during the normal mode you can just you can just save whenever? Is that the idea? Mm, uh, like, we'll see, there's, like, normal, how... and then there's a, like, uh, a modifier where it's just, like, you, you're, you're on normal difficulty, but then you play with the Iron Man modifier. Okay, and if that's off, so it's either, it's on easy, normal, hard, mm -hmm. and you yeah. can play it on Iron Man. If you play it on Iron Man, then there's no saves coming, basically. Right. It auto-saves every yeah. turn, mm -hmm. and you only have the one save slot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I That's real cool. <laughs> On the first game, I did two playthroughs that both had Iron Man turned on, and I just can't recommend Iron Man in the second game. Gotcha. Because there's just more crazy shit in the second game. Just more just... bullshit that can happen yeah. out of nowhere, it seems. Yeah. Gotcha. And just, like, losing because the time, the turn limit ran out mm -hmm. or something stupid. But, like, I also lost my first playthrough of XCOM 1 because my forces just got too weak. And I kind of ignored the main story thread which was a mistake. Whoops. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, oh, you need to capture... What was it? You had to, like, use a stun gun on one of the aliens. Yeah, you had to bring back... Um... Yeah, that's it. You had to capture one. Yeah. Yeah. I never did that on my first playthrough. Oh, I whoops. didn't realize that the game simply wouldn't progress if you did, until you did that. It won't progress, but then, like, the enemy types keep getting... Like, as the game goes on, as time passes in-game... Yeah. Like, enemy difficulty ramps up, new enemies start appearing. Like, yeah. you are kind of up against a wall, and, like, the game doesn't want you... Like, you're not supposed to speedrun it, but you're not supposed to be sitting around trying to, like, you know, farm yeah. for resources either, because it's yeah, just not... It's, it's not feasible. But that's my problem in the first game when I was screwing up i was like on that super early mission objective but like fighting end game enemies i'm like this is a little hard i knew this game was hard but jesus and yeah. then i had like the the infamous mission where five out of six your my squad died yeah. that's the first game mm -hmm. so i'm trying to remember so like i had two real bad missions on modded xcom and i'm just like feeling that pressure of like I don't know if I'm actually going to win this game, though. Like, because uh -huh. I'm, I'm losing members rapidly here. <laughs> I'm bleeding like, squatties. Yeah, and I'm, the game is like, we're, we're low on manpower, and I'm, like, hiring new people and, like, putting them in the chamber to get them to, like, the first level up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, man, this is tense. And then I finally, I did manage to pull through, and, like, there was one mission where I just retreated at the start because I'm just like, this is messed up, and, like, I'm out of heels already. Plutia's about to die, and she's, like, my best character mm -hmm. who's still alive. Because, like, Grenadiers could do crazy shit, like, 
armor piercing and armor removal is very important. Yes. Because, like, armor will take off, like, on the higher end guys. It's like, oh, this enemy absorbs five damage per shot, so a handgun is doing one damage now. Great. Yeah. It's like some end-of-game yeah. fire dragon quarter shit right there. Yeah. Woo! It's like this one mission had an evac at the start just in case and i ended up having to use it because i was just like we got to fall back this is this is not not happening today yeah yeah so i like spend another two weeks kind of licking my wounds and praying that nobody else gets injured and then i went back and did win so then i got to the final mission on modded xcom Mm -hmm. and uh oh boy Uh oh oh boy so 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 i had a pretty decent squad like there's there's two end game missions so the first one went fine even though i was using kind of c-tier characters (laughs) and then i got to the the final mission and just the first wave of enemies Uh was just like like there's this one enemy type that you normally only fight like one Mm -hmm. at a time Mm -hmm. and there were like four Uh and they kept using this really shitty aoe and i just just like no 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 and then (laughs) yeah and then my ranger runs forward to sort a guy and triggers a second enemy pod behind oh. in the in the next room. And, and <laughs> you know that huge walker mech? Oh, God. Enemy? Fuck that thing. It was one of them, one of the modded super harder, bigger versions, oh, God. and like a couple other soldiers. <laughs> like, this is, this is hell. This is. And somehow I still managed to, like, actually take everything out. But at that point, like, the game started glitching because, like, two characters were dead. So I just tried to revive them. And then their animations were glitching out because they had one HP, but they were alive. And I'm just like, wait, this is... Uh-oh. This is weird. And I'm just like, I want to start this mission over. I said I wasn't going to save Scum, but I want to start this mission over because it's so fucked already. And that was, like, four days ago. And I just haven't felt like back to it yet. Yeah, that sounds... Positively yeah. fucked. If anything, it just makes me want to go play Enemy Unknown or Enemy Within. <laughs> but the, again, this is the modded version of yeah. the game. Like, I'm not holding this against it that it's like completely fucked. No, no. Because it's also kind of giving me that feeling I had missed the first time I played through the game. Yeah, yeah. They have to go to a crazy extreme to provide that, though. Yeah. So. I love and hate that game, basically. I think that's kind of like the feeling. You love XCOM yeah. and you hate XCOM at, at yeah. the same time. Because there's definitely... Man, you got, yeah. a, you got a sniper with fucking run and gun. That was the best shit ever. Oh, oh, so that though, that doesn't actually work as well as you'd think it does. Oh. Like, I have never... Because a sniper shot costs two action points. Mm-hmm. So if you use run and gun, you only get one back after running. So you can only do a handgun shot afterwards. That's not good. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Man, the fucking... For some reason, like, the resource strain on the tactical side was way worse for me on my second playthrough, even though I'm playing on the easier difficulty. Well, like, I think figured... it's like, like, the shit you get is really mostly random, isn't it? But just, like, I'm always out... Like, there's a couple inventories. So you have a generic supplies and intel. Yeah. And I was just out out the entire game, basically. Where it's just like, oh, I got 30 supplies, time to buy something. And it's like, oh, I'm out for a month now. Great. Yeah, like, in I, the first game, like... Like, yeah. I, I watched Northern Lion play uh, through the first game just because I thought <laughs> it was a fun game to watch after I did my yeah. playthrough. And, like... 
he had just resources out the ass for some reason. And like, yeah. I like that game. I was scraping by. Yeah. But it's so weird. What I'm saying is that on my first time through XCOM two on the harder difficulty. Yeah. You had more. I felt, I felt comfortable. Yeah. And then I'm playing on rookie modded. Yeah. I feel like I have nothing. It's so weird. It's it does just feel the inherent. Random. I think it's just the inherent randomness that the game and yeah. you like, it just injects a whole lot of randomness. Like there's so much random stuff in those games. It was so weird though. Cause like I had Intel out the ass on my first time. And then like, there's a thing at the very end you can spend it on to make the last mission easier. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, I don't have any this time. Oh crap. Uh oh. Where before it was like, Oh yeah, I can buy every single little perk here. Great. Nice. Yeah. I, I guess that's it about XCOM. <laughs> that game is... <laughs> it's savage. And yeah, those games sound really cool to me. They are. Uh, they're pretty... Like, like, I love XCOM Enemy Unknown. Yeah. Having a squad of neps makes it a little easier <laughs> when there's some humor injected into it. Because that's the thing. On my second playthrough, since I wanted to use some different characters, I made a bunch of characters that are using the normal voices. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, those are just as cheesy as the Neptunia ones. Because when, like... When you have three characters say the exact same thing in a row, mm -hmm. it's just as like awkward where you yeah. have character moving to position, moving to position, moving to position. And, yeah. so, and then like they say Overwatch when you put them in Overwatch and it's super cheesy having them be like Overwatch. Overwatch. <laughs> so it's funny like when the ne the Neptunia ones are obviously not tuned for the game but they're silly enough. They're saying really funny, yeah. cute Neptunia like, things. Yeah, like Noir is always like, put me on point already. <laughs> and Uni, all I gotta do is aim and shoot. Which is, appro <laughs> which is appropriate. Yeah, I made Uni a sniper, obviously. obviously. And I made Nep Nepgear was the specialist with the little robot buddy. And that also makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that's that's, that's XCOM 2. A lot of XCOM 2. <laughs> Those games really, really, really interest me, especially Enemy Unknown. I'm really yeah, interested in checking them out at some point. Again, like, of the two, XCOM 2 is just such an iter of sequel, like, I would definitely go for the original first. Yeah. Yeah, that just, that thing just sounds very solid, and it sounds like... Yeah. Just sounds like my kind of game. And you were the... talking about how, like, Fire Emblem doesn't seem to do much interesting with permadeath. And I think XCOM might, because... Mm-hmm. The whole thing is like your squad being kind of slowly worn down as a whole yeah. mm -hmm. is what makes that war intense. Like mm -hmm. when you lose a character, it fucking sucks. Oh God, cause, it's misery. Because you'll they get stronger as you go and like they'll gain special abilities like all those ranger abilities you don't get till like the, later in the talent tree. Yeah. And they're real important to making that class good. And then like that character gets taken out and you've got yeah. one and you've got like maybe a backup ranger that's maybe four four ranks behind yeah it's it's evil and then you're just like making mistakes like oh like the other character had a skill that was don't trigger overwatch when running forward this character doesn't have that whoops oh poop well you mentioned fire emblem uh-huh can i talk about fire emblem Sure. I don't see why not. I played a shit ton of Fire Emblem Awakening over the last few days. Mm. That game's real good. Is it? Because, man, I, yeah. don't, I don't hear a lot of positive talk <laughs> about it from people that are heavily invested in that series as it actually being that good. 
Are you? Is kidding? this like? I think this is the Dragon Quarter thing where fans of Fire Emblem hate it. So, so Polly, is this a bit or is that like Ernest? Like Ernest. Like it's Ernest. Like, it's Ernest. Right. like the people that I know that love Fire Emblem and have always liked Fire Emblem, they do uh-huh. not like that game at all. I, I think, think they're it's, probably full of shit. I, I think, think it's it when might, the series went casual. Yeah. I think it might be a the thing I like is popular now. So fuck yeah. this thing. Yeah, probably. I think it, I think they're I think they're maybe full of it a little bit. More than um, likely. More than yeah. likely. Yeah. Um, because this game's real good. It just makes a lot of. It just basically. I think I've always been kind of a little bit put off Fire Emblem because those games are like these very rigid formal things. Yeah. Like, like you know, a Gradius game. You know, kind of know what you're getting into when you get a Gradius game, right? Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get the options. You, the, there's a number of set things that define a Gradius game, and most they're basically in all the games. Mm-hmm. And Fire Emblem is kind of the same thing, where they have a series of these very iterative games that change very little from game to game. I played enough. I sampled a number of the mainly the Game Boy Advance, um, first Game Boy Advance well, English one. Mm-hmm. Um. And they have these pretty simple, like, knights and sorcery, dragon, get the five ancient crystals mm-hmm. to activate the magic sword, magic shield, um, and save the day for the prophecy kind of stories. Yeah. Um, so that all put me off. It was like, okay, here are these kind of rigid fantasy things um, that are really hard for some reason, and I don't really get it. I'm not really into it. Um, and I just kind of kept my distance for a long time. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that, that totally makes sense. It's the same way that, like, I always kind of was never drawn to the series for those very same reasons, and also, like, the reason that I would take XCOM over Fire Emblem is because I like that setting way more. Uh-huh. Like, I just, I can't do fantasy settings anymore. They're so boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Fire Emblem's very straightforward. Yeah. Um... And I, I think I think what made a click was kind of likening it to Dragon Quest, because that's very much the same thing, I think. Um, but I fucking love Dragon Quest, where it's that this is the series. This is the series that basically invented JRPGs, and it's been mostly in the very simple and iterative, and doesn't add a lot, yeah, or change much from entry to entry. And they have these simple fantasy settings. It's comfy. With it's comfy, exactly. And I think I kind of needed to see that that sort of approach was okay. Mm-hmm. That it's okay. Because when you get right down to it, Fire Emblem... I played a ton of Fire Emblem Awakening. And it just makes so much sense. It's just very together and fun and balanced and clever. Mm-hmm. And I've had all these little moments like where I have a hallway and there's like ten enemies at this at, at coming out of this hallway... So if I position these three guys at the in the front of the hallway, then I can block them from being able. Then I can just have them blocking the magicians who are ready to unlock, un, do a bunch of spells. And I need to move them in this order and put the healer here. And then I think real hard about where each of the these little square chess pieces are going to go. And it's real thoughtful um, and really fun when you start really thinking about the strategy aspect of it. Yeah. Um, which is what I've done the last couple days, which I was starting really trying to minimize just death for the characters. Cause I'm playing on casual mode. 
because these games always intimidated the shit out of me. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm I playing play, like, like Radiant Dawn is the last Fire Emblem I played, and yeah, those games are they can be brutal. Yeah. Um. So I never got into them because they're so scary. So I'm playing this one, and I'm playing it on the casual mode, and now I'm trying. And I made it, I just beat a climactic fight. Um. I'm like five chapters from the end, but I've got a bunch of the optional chapters I want to close out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. That'll probably be the next couple days. And I managed to beat the climactic fight without anybody dying from just thinking real hard about how I wanted to approach the strategy. And it was very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just sort of this thing where everything makes so much sense with how it's put together. And that's especially true in Awakening where they have the support stuff where you have the characters building relationships and battles and that having consequences outside of the battles that are very natural and sensible and together. Yeah. Like that's, Uh, that's kind of like, I think that that's something they really started to do with like radiant dawn is that mm -hmm. like, you know, not only did like having these characters in battle together, like not only makes them a stronger unit, but like it gives you little bits of story side stories that can open up and that give you like insight into their relationship. It's really cool. It is really cool. Um, so it's all just very sharp and makes. I think I think the word the phrase I kept coming at was just like pristine formal clarity, where just all these rules are in place for a reason, and it all just comes together. N- none of the pieces are out of place. Like it's I think a, what made a, it, a mechanical, like a, a mechanical, mechanical, a mechanical mechanic. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going for. <laughs> it's. And that kind of, it's kind of cold in that sense, where it's very much, you're playing chess, and you need to be okay with that, and enjoy Mm -hmm. it for that. Um, And and I do, I just needed to get into the right mindset, where it finally kind of clicked for me, I think. And now I'm like, oh, what's the one I should play next? XCOM. Yeah, (laughs) honestly, maybe XCOM. And the time travel stuff in Fire Awakening is really cool, and classy, and smart, and the children stuff is cool and classy and smart and i don't understand and i think whenever i see people complaining i really it doesn't make any sense to me at all waifu simulator waifu simulator yeah i think what really made me just like groan out of my skeleton was um i've never heard that before (laughs) that's a good one i like that (laughs) i think was finding out that there was a fire emblem game I think the fourth one, where you have the characters fight together in fights, and mm-hmm. then they fall in love if you get them to fight together enough, and then they will get married, and then in the second half of the game, you play as their children of the ones that you got together. It's kind of so, like um, uh, Fantasy Star 3, Generations of Doom has a system yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, And the casual mode, the turning off permadeath, was introduced in one of the DS games. So, every, so whatever the people harp about with as being the death of Fire Emblem or whatever is present in previous Fire Emblem games. Yeah. yeah I don't know. So it's 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 all Tharja. There you go, she's, man. She's the death of Fire Emblem. <sighs> just wanna I just wanna like push my head between her thighs and just let I her did. and just let her like just clap I don't even want to do anything sexually. I just want her thighs wrapped around my head. Polly's talking about th- wanting Tharja's thighs wrapped around her head. <sighs> Me too. Anna says I me too. Sully's thighs my head. Sully's very good. Sully <laughs> is just so hot. Yes. I'm so 
Yeah. I'm sorry. The character designs are very good and just just enough horny, I think, which is probably what really <laughs> did kind of bring the game bring the game forward, I think. Yeah. In this nice ways. Ridiculous. But also like they feel like okay, a person could choose to dress that way. They they fit the characters. They don't feel yeah. arbitrary. My fire like, emblem. Sumia, my fire emblem Sumia. husband is Soren. She has little dresses, pink with hearts and purple. Exactly. She doesn't have like the Tharja outfit. Sumia doesn't have the Tharja outfit. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So. So yeah, it makes everything everything about it makes perfect sense, and it's really fun and cute, and the story goes in a neat place, and I'm excited to see how that works in context, since I watched a bunch of it, and I'm playing it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and listened to me talk about it for like a half a year. Yeah. So I know where the story goes, and I'm very excited to see where how it does it, because it sounds amazing. Um, yeah, it's just a very good, solid thing. And I'm excited to maybe dig more into this genre in this series, because I have tried like seven of these games, and I think the only one I actually finished was Final Fantasy Tactics. And that's a good game. Oh, it's yeah. a very good game. You mean strategy less... RPGs in general, not even just Fire Emblem games. Yeah. Yeah. And FF Tactics is also the thing where, like, it's a little bit messy in the way that Final Fantasy games can often be systems-wise. Yeah. And it doesn't matter because yeah. it's, it's in the same way it doesn't really matter with Final Fantasy because it's this big, glorious, messy story that's really evocative and lovely. Um, and Fire Emblem is not that. It's the it is the collecting the magic stones, fighting the dragon game. But that's glorious and lovely and well done too. There's room for everything. Exactly. You can, you can have your simple stories. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Fuck. One yeah. of my favorite series ever is Lunar, and those are like the simplest stories ever. Yeah. So that's kind of been my experiences so far. Anna, any anything to add, Anna? No, I mean, like you know how I feel about this game. You fucking love it. Everybody knows about this game. I would Anna's think so at this point. Anna's in. I... Yeah. Handing her a headphone. Sorry. Oh god, these things are horrible. Here, let's trade. Okay. There we go. Um, and also, Anna's been getting better about um, backseat playing. Yeah, I had a problem. <laughs> I mm. uh, I think the one thing was when I was choosing between one of the characters' promotions between like one of the two classes, and I was like, mm, this one or this one? I'm gonna do this one and do the other character that. And and I was like, well, if you maybe you should do the other one because this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, I hear you. I'm gonna do this one, though. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, you might want to do it this way. And then I was like, yeah, I hear you. I'm gonna do, do it my way, though. Well, you're wrong! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I love you. Also, he was on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Change with Don in the bathroom. Why not? <laughs> Big shit, you know. <laughs> like, I've never had not? somebody backseat game me from the bathroom before. <laughs> from the porcelain. No, I throne. was on. I was on the porcelain throne. Like, so you were backseat gaming me from the bathroom. You were. No, you were stuck on the toilet, and, and you were like, like coming into the room. <laughs> like, why aren't you making him a th- dark night? Oh my god! I'm kind of the worst. Hey, you're kind <laughs> of the sorry. best. Mm, I love you. Oh my god! And I love that you're really. A, it, you've been playing a shit ton of the iPhone game too. Yeah, it's boring and bad, but uh. I am a slut for anything Fire Emblem. So, mm-hmm. 
You said you were going to play Fates, so I like... No, I wasn't going to play Fates. Okay, you said you were going to play, maybe play more Fates, so I was like... No, I was said maybe someday in the future I'll play Conquest. Gotcha. So I like super stealthily was like, I wonder if my Game Boy has my old Fire Emblem game. So you just fucking opened up the um, Game Hanger Game Boy and then just like set up the Fire Emblem... Game Boy Advance. Yeah, and... Then I like kind of put it in your hands. Yeah, plugged <laughs> it in, you know. On the toilet. Like, anyway, I'm sure. on the toilet. Anyway, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the toilet. I'm forever. gonna go take a shower. You do what? Do whatever comes naturally. Because <laughs> <laughs> Just... doing the the older ones are harder for you to get into because they're more archaic and they have the permadeath on all the time. They have the. It's not just the permadeath though. It's also like all the little UI things. Yeah, it mm-hmm. really benefits. From the double screen. Mm. And you don't like the gorgeous, amazing 16-bit 2D graphics. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> and the gorgeous, amazing GBA they're, sound They're chip. just really ambiguous. Like, you can't tell which... Units which. Units which without, like, hovering over them. Yeah, well, at least they're just, the just awesome. kind of generalized icons by default. Yeah. So. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 So I wasn't a super fan of that. I didn't like how you had to click on a million things in order to just do one simple action. I have a bunch of men- nested menus and whatnot. Just so many menus within menus. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got through, like, two levels yeah. and I quit. Yeah. Maybe if I enjoy play it through, then it would be more appealing. Yeah. Also, the characters were really unappealing. Oh, like, those older games are so dry. Like, the characters are just, bleh, fantasy trope garbage. I know, and, like, one of the characters in the in the beginning of this game is, mm-hmm. like... I'm really horny. Yeah. Mm. I'm really horny. I'm a really horny womanizer. That's yeah, my I character. I work on women. I just hit on women all the time, whether they want me to or not. I just follow them around. And it's just like, haha. Yay. No. Go away. Didn't you say that apparently incest is just like a running theme throughout the series? It's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was reading the summary of uh, the second game because I'm getting, you know, all pumped up for the remake. Uh huh. And Fire yeah, Guidance. They're adopted. It's adopted sibling mm. incest, is mm. what they in that game. Oh, okay. So in Fates, like in Fates, there's so much adopted sibling incest. It's yeah. just, it's gross. It's a Japanese specialty. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common. Like this is a really niche kink, you know, and it doesn't belong in every Fire Emblem game. Come on. <laughs> like, you no. know. No, he's not great either. We got dragons, oh we got swords, we got incest. Yeah, it's also... The little tiny baby girls that are... Who are actually a thousand years old. Yeah. Can marry everybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But they still have the personality of a tiny little baby. Yeah. That's that's the issue with Naoi. It's like, oh, I'm a thousand years old, but also I like to play fetch, and I look at rocks, and I do nothing. And I am a literal baby <laughs> in a bikini. Oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my god! 
So I'm sorry, so, I just hijacked. <laughs> so Fire Emblem, so Fire Emblem's interesting. I really like Awakening it, so it's far. It's really, it's really, it, it's very hashtag problematic. <laughs> but you know, yeah. what is it these days? I like it a lot. I'm excited I, I to wrap it up. I still love it. It's yeah. You said that we said the game. Did you have experience with the GameCube game, Polly? Yeah. Uh, the GameCube and uh, let's see. Yeah, like there's Radiant Dawn and Path of Radiance. Path of Radiance. I like both of those games, but they're still very much in the vein of what you probably don't like about Fire Emblem, uh, those older games, because they still have a, a bit of archaicness to them. But I think that their stories are good, and I think that a lot of the maps are just crazy good. Cool. That's kind of the. That seems. That's awesome. Yeah, Path of Radiance seems like the one we might like because it has the pretty 3D console graphics. Yeah. It's also really like- very expensive. So, oh, well, we'll probably dolphin it. I mean, yeah. I mean, we would never steal, no. actually. Except we would steal. No, we wouldn't steal. <laughs> Anna, this is on the internet. The, the police will come to our house. Hello, police. We would probably steal things on the internet. No! Hey, police! Lick rat's nuts! <laughs> <laughs> so the ones I'm most interested in are, are the Game Boy Advance game, because I beat half of it as a kid, and then I couldn't figure out how to beat a map without anyone dying. Mm-hmm. So I quit. And then I want to play the GameCube. <laughs> Let them die. That's exactly it. And then I want to play the GameCube game since that one seems to have that one seems to have the story that resonates with a lot of folks. Yeah. And um that's really what I'm interested in. And then I'll go back and play the play them in order from the NES game onward. Mm. <laughs> we need John in crisis mode again to do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There needs to be a crisis. So, maybe like when <laughs> The, the bombs start dropping, John will be like, oh, I started playing Fire Emblem for the NES. Yeah, we're going to be doing... We'll ju- we're just going to still do the podcast as the world's ending. Yeah. It'll be great. Don't worry. I played all the Castlevanias, actually. <laughs> he just did it again. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't I play played. Fire Emblem. He just went back to Castlevania. Let's just do it all through, again. I played the Sonic Adventure 1 in Japanese twice. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> By that point, I'm just like, I played through Sonic Adventure 2 in Japanese twice. (laughs) The true nightmare. Yeah. Yep, I think that's, I think we got... You were playing Castlevania the other day, like, and I was like... Are you alright? Are you okay? (laughs) I love that that's a signal now. What's going on? It's a sign. Well, just for the last, the last two times... I didn't finish Order of Ecclesia, so I feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> at least this one had, like, the girl throwing animals at people. That That's was, true. That was more fun. That's true. You get Less you get the, you can throw the, you can throw cats as a weapon, I think, in Order of Ecclesia. Yeah. That's pretty good. So I've got, I think we've got a, fi- a future full of Fire Emblem. And probably, probably XCOM also, because that game looks really cool. XCOM's real good! That's like western sci-fi gritty sad hard fire emblem okay it's your jam i bet you be into it and it's in real time so you don't you have to like wait is it in turn-based or real time turn-based is it like a turn-based okay. it's turn-based we can we can play that as a group we can play that together mm. we should definitely play that together. Play, that and, and definitely definitely name all of your squatties after your best friends <laughs> do what i did do what i did <sighs> funny didn't i survive uh, you survived, yeah. Life is good. Taylor died. Chelsea died. <laughs> Grimm's died. Oh. 
<laughs> Chelsea died in my second XCOM game. Chelsea died for di- for different reasons that I'm not going to talk about because it's spoilery. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that was the outcome. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no. I'm not talking about either. <laughs> I, have I, think we got, I think we got a future full of Fire Emblem, and it's pretty thrilling. I think I have hope for the... 3DS, yeah. It there's, well, there's two more mainline games coming out soon. That's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Yeah, and I think that they're going to pretty much stick to their guns and what they're doing now, since especially now since it's a wildly popular. They're just going to keep doing games in the same vein of Awakening and Fates. So I think you're probably good in terms of probably liking those games. Yeah. Hopefully they make, they make them just good, like leave. Awakening, I and hope... not bad, like Fates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing about Fates is, like, with Revelations, it's like, oh, here, you have the actual game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the third part. So they made two fake games and then one real game. Yeah. And the rest was pretty good. Pay for you. No, it was meh, okay. Okay. But the first ones are like, oh. But the first one is just so slog. Mm-hmm. It's gross. And there's too many characters. Yeah. So I think you don't we, really like any of them. I think we need to sit down and lock ourselves in a room and play through the first Final Fantasy game on the NES. I think that's, that's a horrible idea. That is a <laughs> terrible, awful... That is a disastrous scenario. We'll just set a bomb to go off if we don't beat the game in 12 hours with no saves. I think that's so like, here's the, Here's the premise. Here's the premise. Okay. We, we lock just John and Anna work. in a room with an NES... And uh, and the first Fire Emblem game, fully translated so they can play it. Oh, okay. And you can only leave if you murder John and get away with it. <laughs> I'll, pl- I'll, I'll be the mastermind in this scenario. Okay, who else is there, though? Is Rhett there? So just oh. full Danganronpa. Yeah. You know, okay, it seems like you need deal. at least four people, because otherwise there's... If I'm in the room with you and Rhett and I get murdered... Rhett will probably know if it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> probably. That's not a great plan. All right. Look, I didn't say it was well thought out. All right, so Polly, Rhett, John, and Anna in a room. One okay, of us wait. needs to murder John and get away with it. Well, that's the way, make, that's, could, it's not murder anyone. You have to murder John specifically. Yes. I, could, I could make it look like the dog did it. Okay. With a copy of Sonic. But then we would have to. Yeah. But then we would have to actually buy that. Like, we would have to actually buy that the dog did it, and then we would have to actually vote for the dog. That's true. <laughs> and if oh, we're yeah. wrong, you get to leave the room. No, I mean, Oliver would survive. No, Oliver would die. You're right. But you would survive. Yeah. Oh, poor pup. I value my life more than her dogs. <laughs> and mine, apparently, since they'll kill me to get out of the room. <laughs> You're the one who suggested. <laughs> that was a tangent. It was Polly in the dining room with a copy of Sonic Adventure. <laughs> I would, I would actually, man. I'm gonna like if, if I ever meet John, I'm gonna yeah. take my copy of Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast and actually beat him upside the head with it. Okay. Like first, I will meet him at an airport. Like I will just meet him at the airport, pull it out of my bag, and whap, just right in the fucking face. Can I have it? You can I don't have it afterward. I don't care. Yay! I've I got, I've got two copies. Yeah. Wait, what? Why do you? Oh, one of that. One of my. One of my extra Dreamcasts came with an extra copy. Polly has two copies of Sonic Adventure. I should get that because I'm not convinced about the the um, what's the word? The faithfulness of the 
GameCube and PC Always. adaptations. Yeah, everyone says they're actually not at all. But no. Like, it's actually better on Dreamcast. It actually so is. Uh, I might want to play that Dreamcast version at some point so I can get the authentic Sonic Adventure experience. Well, I'll tell Japanese. you what, next time I go to my storage locker, I'll uh, I'll just give it to you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And then I can Sonic Adventure it up with Anna. No. no. My god. By yourself. In Japanese. <laughs> I'm raising my hand to give her a high five and she's not giving me a high five. I wouldn't give you a high five in that scenario either. Let's I be might honest. high five on the arm as a slap. I mean, I've been picking out underneath my toenails, so they're kind of stinky. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, that is the smell. Okay. I'm going to leave you Bye. to your <laughs> podcast okay. and your wine and your stinky toes. I love you. <laughs> later. Polly says later. <laughs> yeah, Oliver came in with us when Anna came in. <clears throat> Nice. So that's right. very well behaved. Just yeah, Oliver is super chill. Look at him; he doesn't want to leave, so he rolled over on his back. Hey, if Oliver wants to be on the podcast, so be it. All right, I'll leave. Oliver can be on the podcast. Enjoy Overwatch. Anna's been telling us done Overwatch, and it's great. We probably we can we'll probably still be playing that in two weeks, so we can have a nice Overwatch segment. Go for it. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Basically, horny for all the girls. Anna's horny for all the girls. On Aren't we all? We Aren't yeah. We all? That's just. That's the that's that's everything yeah. you need to know. Yeah. Hey, I love you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Love. Surprise. Just to be clear, just to be clear, Anna did pop into the room and say, "Did somebody say Fire Emblem?" Yeah, like some fucking sitcom. <laughs> like a sitcom. <laughs> she is the socks you, the socks cast Kramer. You rang. <laughs> like, <your> <laughs> like I said, the the socks cast Kramer. I uh, love you. The Sox guys, Griffin McElroy. Oh my! We're just making references to the show now. Yeah, that was real good. All right, Polly. Yo, what's up? What? Uh, you asking me what, what I did? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I murdered John in the bathroom. He was holding. He was playing Fire Emblem, and I did it with a copy of Sonic Adventure. Well, there Crack you go. Brett, what else have you been doing? Wait, I, uh, oh, um, oh, I guess I don't know if we should talk about this because we might fucking hurt some little, some little piss boy's feelings. Positivity, Polly. I am being very positive. I'm being very positive. Because this was a fucking, this was a fucking great thing. Yeah, um, we talked about it on the last episode. It was like, hey, we're going to release a game in a couple weeks. And then we released it just this past Tuesday. Uh, we released, me and John released a visual novel called Her Lullaby. Uh, so that Yay. was that was an experience. That was a whole ball of nerves uh, yeah, that I geez. didn't that I didn't expect to get. Like the last Ooh. day leading up to it. Yep. Yeah, like the day before we launched, and like, and it wasn't even because oh no, the game's not ready. It was just like oh god, there's this thing that we just dumped a whole bunch of ourselves into, and it's going to be out there, and people are actually going to see it and read it. Uh oh. God. It was like mortifying Uh-oh. for some reason. I don't know. Like I've like I've not released something this big before. Like yeah. Rhett has had like hunters, Project N three, like he is a professional at releasing <laughs> things and maybe not going too crazy about it. But for no, me No, I go crazy every time. But I like, see some of your old Newgrounds comments. Oh god. Yeah. yeah. Looking back at those old like Newgrounds comments and stuff for like day one. <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah, like, we didn't have that kind of feedback 
with uh, uh with her lullaby at all really so or like any any of our games i think because newgrounds is sort of its own was yeah. it was an yeah. interesting snippet of society i think yeah like i found out that the renpy that... forums only like games if they're in an anime style and a dating sim though so wait so we didn't so we you posted it on the i posted forums? it and nobody gave a flying fuck <laughs> Uh, I think I think release I think I think I've been feeling a little weird the whole week too because I think release weeks are always a little bit yeah like I don't know like for me it was like like first it was the oh god oh god oh god oh god Mm-hmm. And, and then release day comes, noon comes, and it's just like, all right, we're uploading the file, and it's done. All I gotta do is upload this index, and the game is out. And then you just like, you you get that high, that real like, oh my god, we did it! It's out! It's fucking finally done! Yep. And then um, afterward, like, I don't know, like, somewhere like Wednesday and Thursday, and like some of yesterday, <laughs> like Friday, it was just like, oh man, it's like, I'm not actually opening Rumpy every night. This feels real weird. Yeah. Like, I, I like it's not really like a like postpartum depression or something, but it's definitely mm. like a very weird, it's, it, it's over? Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I think about like the anticlimacticness of it. It's like, oh, that's... It's like, that, yeah, that. like it literally comes down to me just uploading an index.html file. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you post about it on Twitter a couple times and, you know, make somebody very angry for some reason. <laughs> a very, that's, re- that's a very, very reasonable clearly, person, I'm sure. That's very clearly someone who's not, um, where it's not actually about us, just whatever they're... Whatever their fucking protected. personal issues they're having. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, I thought, yeah. But, I, I thought you were going to say, like, you release it and then you're like, so what you think, everybody? And then... People are like, oh, I haven't played it yet because it's a couple hours long, you know? I yeah. want to do it at night. Yeah. Um, um, you, just, you just want that immediate feedback, though. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's all, let me, there's still a lot of there's that. Been a, it's just like, you know, a like, there, there's been a lot of feedback, but there are also places where it's just like, hey, what'd you think? Ah, I didn't play it. I'm um, too busy doing my own dumb things. <laughs> like, okay. I've definitely had that it. problem, though, of like releasing a game and then looking for reviews like five minutes later, like anybody's actually played it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we got a, a lot of the kind of feedback, I think, that we expected and wanted. Like, it uh-huh. definitely, I think it took people, uh, I think it, it took a lot of people by surprise in a lot of very different <laughs> ways from some of the, mm-hmm. uh, because people have talked to me kind of privately about it. And it's just like, it's connecting and resonating with people, but it also makes them very, very uncomfortable. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. <laughs> because, like, there's a lot of... Um, it, it's, it's real dark and it, it's lots of murder. It's got a lot of murder and I, and I, but that's not really, <laughs> that's not even yeah. really the dark part. Yeah. So can I share my thoughts? Cause I have, so, yeah, Red, Thank Red you. I'll be very unspoilery. Like, let's say this thing is three acts, mm-hmm. like act mm-hmm. one, act two, act three. Like you can probably figure out which parts I'm talking yes. about there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Act one is very violent, oh, but yes. nothing really felt i didn't really feel anything about it because it's just Uh like okay i'll try again and then act two is where i started to get deeply deeply uncomfortable yes (laughs) and it started to affect me and i'm like oh okay this is getting to me in a way i didn't expect (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah especially that one in particular was just rough (laughs) Uh uh-huh okay yeah so like 
yeah, it definitely gets under your skin after a bit. And uh, somebody said that, like, the reason it made them so uncomfortable is not, like, not just the content. And it's not that the content's, like, outwardly disturbing in really any mm-hmm. way. It's just, I think, how we framed everything and how it's presented uh, mm-hmm. and the pacing with which it comes out. The fucking soundtrack uh. is what does it. Because somebody was just like, I literally can't play this because it makes me feel like I'm suffocating. And it's just like, that's exactly what I want that soundtrack to do. I want that to sound like, I'm not, like, I'm going to save this because, like, I'm going to throw this out there because we are going to do a post-mortem on it and talk a lot about its production. But Mm -hmm. there are parts of this game where I wanted it to sound and look and feel like what it was like inside my head for five months of last year. Mm-hmm. And the soundtrack is the big part of that. And it's just like, I like, this is a thing that I'm trying to express so that that got through is exactly what I wanted. And it's just like, I, I mm. like it took me to a very weird place. And it's just like, I know. And I totally understand if like, you can't continue because like, it's a hard thing to like, like there are a lot of themes here running through mm-hmm. this game um and it's very like you know i know that some like somebody else i won't i won't say who they are but like mm-hmm. they realized that they connected with this thing in a way that was just deeply personal in terms of how they've like dealt with thoughts of suicide and and things like that throughout their life mm-hmm. and how like and it was just kind of a revelation to them because it was just like wait a minute like somebody else feels this way too. And that's like that, like that's really kind of special for me. I think like when the person told me that and it was just like, you know, that's I, really cool. I want some, I want people to connect with this story in that way. I'm not trying to scare you with these thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to use them in a productive way to create a piece of fiction that is compelling. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean for the, the folks that it, for the folks that it is going to yeah. reach out and make them go, Oh, somebody else feels this way. And, and, and somebody else said, you know, like, this actually kind of helps me understand. Like, I, I, I don't have a lot of deep experience with some of the things that this thing is driven off of. Mm-hmm. But I understand it more. And, like, that's great. Like, the fact that you're, you know, able to kind of grasp something from something. that like, Somebody's able to take, grasp something, a concept that they're only vaguely familiar with. Uh, from a piece of work that you put together. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So before I derailed your tangent, Rhett... Yeah, go oh, ahead. I, I was done. I wasn't sure. Well, you're mm-hmm. like, I didn't know if you were going to talk about the third act or not. Yeah. Well... You're not, you don't very... have to spoil it, but it's just like, <laughs> no. what did that leave you feeling? I mean, the very, very, very end. Mm-hmm. The, the last thing. The very, very last. The closing that's argument. That's I broke down and started crying and then... <laughs> Felt like shit for like twenty minutes after. <laughs> uh, but yeah, releasing this was just kind of like a big weird experience uh, for both of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was just like everybody knows me as just like ha ha farty fart joke joke joke, and now here's this very like yeah. straight laced like there is humor in this thing, but it is very dark. Um, and, it, and, and, the, and, the, and it might even <laughs> only be fun. It might only be darkly funny to me and John. I, oh, I definitely I think, saw I think, your humor. This I in a few places. 
I think a ton of this game is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, John, <laughs> let me like, just say, just... John's Twitter avatar makes so much more sense now. Thing <laughs> on the postmortem to be like, all right, so who do you think wrote the first drafts of each of each chunk? Here? Yeah, like that's a, that's a thing. Oh. Like, yeah, when we go on break, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna pick Rhett's brain about that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. But yeah, we're going to do a post-mortem on that with uh, Carmichael and Taylor because they were a very, very huge part of the reasons as to why this game ended up just as concise and honed and presented as perfectly as we wanted it. Like, this game is exactly what I thought of in my head once it started taking form. We didn't even have... You know, like, when I got, like, uh, the first chunk back from John after he had built on what I sent him from the first, uh, you know, when I first sent it to him, like, when he sent what he had written back to me and I read that, what we ended up with is where my thoughts were at as soon as I read what he had sent, like, because I knew what this game needed to look and sound like. And we got exactly what we wanted with that, thanks to both Taylor and Carmichael. Hell yeah. And we it also was good because um, we finished that draft. We wrote the last, the last bit of this game, and then we spent like another solid month at yeah, least just picking like, it over. Like this game was editing. actually the the story was actually finished. I think two days before Christmas or so, because we had because we had a big Skype talk about it uh, afterward. Uh, just kind of this is when Anna caught me and John sucking each other off. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, you're out. Like two hours was great. Um, and we, you know, we finished it a couple days before Christmas and we had our little Skype talk about it. And that's when, like, the editing process started. And then sort of after the first of the years when we started kind of putting some finishing touches, making sure some things were consistent. Like, that last week was misery. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Once, I think, like, I think you kind of took the reins for the last week and then I did it for the week before yeah, that. Where I yeah. was like, all right, I got I, I kind of edited the whole thing where I went through everything and just tried to punch up the pros. Yeah, made sure things were like in the right tense and things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then like the last just week I got happy with that voice how the voice feels throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Um and which was hard to do cuz it meant like pouring over your text and be like, mm, "I'm gonna fix this," which is like <laughs> You know, you know, so like you always feel weird because it's just like, "Am I going to hurt some feelings here?" Exactly. Like like does this like you know, like, and there was nothing I felt strong, like strong enough that I'd be like, like, like it's not like I thought John was going to go in and just completely change the climax or something. Mm-hmm. It's just he worded some things I think a bit better than I had written, and I had done the same thing throughout some of his prose as well. Mm-hmm. So we actually kind of ended up editing each other in a way. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, there was like there's one specific bit in the last chunk where like I wrote a thing. And then you change it to this one thing. And then, like, a month later, I said, I've been thinking about it. Can we change this back, please? I think this is better. And then he said, okay. By the way, this choice right after that, can we take out this bit? And I yeah. was like, um, Yeah, you, okay. were real, then, you were real iffy on it until the <laughs> final playthrough. And then you were yeah. like, oh, no, wait, that fucking works. And then I completely changed the music during one of the bits of the climax um, the day before release. Yeah. <laughs> I was and, like, and it's can I do perfect. this? Am it's I allowed perfect. to do this? It's perfect. <laughs> Yep. So I'm I'm pretty confident that this is the best possible game we could have made. Yeah, like there's no way this game could be better. Yeah, for where we are right now, 
as artists, as humans. Yeah. Like, this is, like, the, this is the most proud I've been of a, a project. Um, and, and I'm glad that it's also gets to be something that's really personal and something that, like, I'm getting the kind of responses that I'm getting from it and that, you know, not only is this a good piece of, of entertainment that kept me entertained, but I also got something emotionally from it. Mm-hmm. Ditto. God. I really like this thing. What a good game, huh? Mmm. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. All right, I don't know what it's sucking off. <laughs> a glug, glug, glug? Glug, <laughs> glug, <laughs> Yeah, chug that penis! <laughs> I mean, if it's Rhett, that's kind of what you gotta do anyway. I mean... <laughs> God, you, you deep throat rat. Good luck. Fuck. <laughs> so stupid. Glug, glug, glug. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we made you cry, rat, and feel bad. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I'm real glad. That was the thing that, like... I mean, that's that's the metric I judge all video games by. Did it make me cry? Yeah, Yeah. basically. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember at the very beginning, I was like, so we're going to have this happy ending, and then we're going to have this happy thing. And then Polly was like, eh! And then I was like, Yeah, I kind of pumped the fucking brakes on that. Uh Uh-huh. It's not intentionally sad, and it's not a bad ending, but it's just like, there's a note I want want people to leave with on this thing. Like... Yeah, it was definitely an appropriate way to close it out. Yeah. Excellent. It, it set at least one tester. Like, I, I really liked it all until the end. <laughs> it's oh. like, oh, I mean, we're, not- we're not changing it. Yep. Glad to hear it, but... <laughs> yeah, very first time writing a bunch of pros in a game, because all my games are pretty designy. Yeah. I think it's yeah. fair to say. So... It is very Dude, satisfying. How many of your other games actually have text? Like uh, uh, the Spider game. Yeah. Okay, that's his other story. Uh, which is a, it's a cute little story. You should play. Uh, yeah. You should play Spider's Hollow. Yeah. Spider's Hollow is actually a prequel to this. Yes. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make more. Yeah. There's a lot of weird psycho. I think. I think. Polly brought a lot of feelings into this and then i think like the first thing i brought into the project was a bunch of psychosexual angst yeah yeah (laughs) which manifested in some interesting ways and then it it, it moved on though it works though and then you're both like hey higurashi was good right oh my (laughs) god (laughs) i think we only got we got exactly one we know the devil comparison and it was in 30 within 30 seconds of announcing it Oh, and then for there was real? No- oh. Yeah. <laughs> Who Not said it? Chat, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't think he was being serious, though. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't earnest. So I'm glad that, I'm glad that people didn't make that comparison. The, fir- the first part of this game that I wrote and sent to John was <laughs> very much in response to We Know the Devil's <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Yeah. Because I like the game, but it, we wound up making a very different thing. And I think people... Oh, yeah appreciate that yeah. or got that yeah yeah so um, yeah like if yeah you, ha- you haven't played it yet and we're gonna we're gonna just keep 
we're going to keep promoting it. No, it's just gonna be, <laughs> yeah. Here, Soxcast hey? episode 64, brought to you by Her Lullaby. I'll just bring it up every episode. It's not like it's going to piss anybody off or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing you made. You should talk about it. Exactly. 30 under 30 amazing video game. There you go. <laughs> And, it's, and, and, and if your you know if your friend has to use a fake email burner account, a so-called friend has to use a fake email burner account to be mad at you because you're happy that you accomplished a thing, then you know whatever. That's their problem, not mine. That was great. I, that was a great idea to point you at that. Ask if you'd seen that email. <laughs> oh my god, man! That's so good. I really, I really knocked it out of the park. Boom. Let's let's. How are we going to first talk about this game after release? Yeah, is, that, is that like... That, I don't even think that counts as a cold open. I think that is a hot open. Yeah, I have the one piece of shitty feedback we've gotten. Yeah, that's like the one. 40 people. Yeah. God. Oh my god. So yeah, go play Her Lullaby if you haven't already. And if you and if it's not your thing, like we're cool with that because it is violent. It's it is not dark. going to be everybody's thing. It's <laughs> violent, it's dark, and it goes places that may leave you feeling very uncomfortable. Yeah, and it, may, uncom- it, it may make you laugh. It <laughs> might make you laugh, and if it makes you laugh, you're probably like us. Well, okay, what wait, what if you laughed at the cell phones for a reason? Well, I think you laughed at the cell phones for a reason because there were very specific references. Yeah, yeah, that was on purpose. That was on purpose. I did that when as a I nod. Right? That, I just, I just like put my head in my hands, like you dork. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one that specifically references you was actually very last minute. Yep, <laughs> that was one of the last things we added to the game. Wait, yep. besides the cell phone. Mm-hmm. But there's just, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it all. Tell me later. We'll tell you later. But yeah. All right. But yeah. I like that. We're happy. I like how the first cell phone was all my games and the second one is Frog Adventure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They just seemed like appropriate, but like so tonally out of place. They are. They are very tonally out of place. It's very (laughs) silly, but at the same time, it was just like, I want to reference my friend's stuff. Mm hmm. And I, that felt like a really tasteful way of, like, yeah. I reference Rhett, and then we reference John, and then there's a Super C reference. Beautiful. That's the one that, like, uh, when the cell phone rings. Oh, that's, I knew it was a, I thought it was a Grady sound for some reason. It's a one-up sound from uh, Super C. That's uh, Konami. Life is good. So that's this a good game. A good Me and John game. are geniuses, yeah. basically. <laughs> basically geniuses. Basically geniuses. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about this more around game of the year, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, we're doing a post mortem. I don't know when we're going to do that yet. Maybe sometime next month or so. Mm-hmm. Well, like... you can. One thing you can count on is that you will ne- won't see any games this ambitious from any one of the Sox crew for a good while, at least. Probably. This was a multi. I think he's being sarcastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's all that. Me and John are done filleting one another. Uh, are you? No, for now. No, for now. For, until the spoiler cast. Until the, the spoiler cast. Then it's going to be five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. Longer. You can play through the game twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what else you been up to, Rhett? Uh, so after playing a lot of XCOM, mm-hmm. I needed some games that were not going to stress me out quite as much. Yeah, play her lullaby. That'll do it. 
And, and then after Hello Bye, I really needed something that was going <laughs> to take the edge off. Turn my brain off. So I played through Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Oh, good. Another happy game. So I had the weirdest journey through this game, like, ever. The, if the developers watched me, they'd be like, the fuck is this guy doing? So let me start. Uh, this was a PlayStation Plus game a couple months ago, and this is from the developers of Her Story. Not Her Story. What am I doing? Uh, Dear Esther. Yeah. Which I didn't like. Which is awful. Which yes. is awful. It's a game which where you bad. hold, which is you who hold W the whole time, and then yep. you get to the end. And they also did, I think, Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, yeah. which I didn't get very far into because I was just kind of bored. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I go into this game with kind of low expectations because I haven't really liked their previous work and I'm not huge on walking simulators. Yeah. Uh-huh. So this is a game where you're in this kind of quiet British town and everybody's gone. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's the name of the game, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yeah. It's kind of right there in the title. It's on the nose yeah. about what this yeah. game is. Yeah. Have you played it, Polly? I've not played it. I just kind of know enough. I know okay. enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like kind of dismissing this game as I'm playing it, even though I'm just, I'm playing it. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'll just look around a bit and walk to the end, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's this very, very pretty world, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, insanely fully realized, like this town. Like the funny thing about this game is that it's probably about as big as Firewatch. Mm hmm. But when Firewatch was trying to be like the vastness of outdoors, and this game is just like this one small little town, yeah, immaculately rendered. It's kind of like, like the uh, the smaller places you get to in The Last of Us, where every, there's so many yeah. unique assets and stuff. Yeah, just all that, just every nook and cranny you can explore around. Basically, like the houses aren't maybe quite as detailed as Last of Us because that shit was insane. But yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> So, and, like, there's maps around the game, so I can kind of tell how, like, there's this one main road that kind of snakes through the whole thing, and then you can just follow that to get to the end. So mm-hmm. I walked through, like, half the game, and then I turned it off. Right. Uh-huh. And, that w- and that was, like, a month ago. Oh. So this week I picked it back up, and I was, at, like, at the start of the third area out of the main five. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking along this main road, and then I kind of just like, oh, why not check out that farm over there? And I actually started exploring the world instead of just following the main path like an idiot. Oh, uh-huh. because, you know, that's kind of what you're supposed to that's, do here. You're but supposed that's to... kind of what I thought I was supposed to do was, but also because of their previous works. Yeah, like Esther, yeah, yeah. I thought you could just kind of blindly walk to the end, basically. Right. And I think I mentioned out the other week about how I'm just kind of done with the whole audio log thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's what this game is. This is audio logs the game. Oh, because. Boy. All you ever find are either telephones ringing, which will have, like, me- memories of conversations that happened on them earlier. Mm-hmm. Or there's these radios where you're, you'll hear this woman talking. And, uh, like, some locations, you'll just walk to, up to them and you'll see kind of faintly ghosts of people who used to be there. Yeah. So everything is just, like, audio logs mm-hmm. in various forms. Which was just great for you. Yeah, so... Walk through the third area, explore the whole thing. Walk through the fourth area, explore the whole thing. And then I get to the fifth area, and, like, the sun starts to set. Because, like, the time of day changes as you go through. And it's extremely pretty. And, like, story-wise, because it's the end of the game, like... 
I started to kind of start piecing together everything in my head. Like, okay, these are the main players. Here's what's going on. And like, I'm paying attention to these audio logs and I'm starting to actually kind of get into it and like this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and then I get to the end of the road and that's not the end of the game. Oh, and oh. that's where they should drop the title card. Yeah. Everybody, well, I forget where they actually drop the title card, but it's not some profound moment. Mm-hmm. But then I, so I've kind of it's realized, no, it's definitely not doom. <laughs> <laughs> cause like I said, it, you kind of know everybody's gone to the rapture at the start. Cause that's the name of the game. Yeah. But, uh, it's hard to explain. So I, I realized I'd been missing a huge part of this game because to actually get to the end of the game, you have to actually engage with the game that the, with how they intended it to be played, which uh, I hadn't been doing literally the entire time. Oh. So in every area, there are these like glowing balls of light mm-hmm. and you have to like unlock those memories in order to kind of truly complete a chapter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because I played the first half of the game a month ago, I forgot how to do oh, that. Oh, shit. So I'm looking through these message board posts of people like, how do I get to the bunker? How do I get to the end game? And then I finally see somebody say, oh, you have to tilt the controller. And I was just like, oh, my God. Fucking what? <clears throat> so I go up to one of them and I like literally tilt, tilt the controller to the side and it unlocks. And I'm just like, Ugh, video games. <laughs> See, here's the funny thing about this game, though, is that it got kind of slammed by reviews at the start. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because the walking speed is unbelievably slow. Oh, yeah. So the funny thing about that, though, is that they fucked themselves because they had changed that just before release. Yep. They originally, the original way it was, was that if you're holding up on the left analog or whatever, your character will slowly accelerate Mm-hmm. as you walk uh-huh and play testers were like why don't we have a dedicated run button instead mm. so they changed it so that if you're holding the left stick you'll only ever go the slowest mm. speed yeah and if you start holding right trigger then it will activate the take seven or so seconds to oh, accelerate thing oh wow mm. but even worse is that on the screen that shows you the controls, they didn't point that out. So it didn't actually say anywhere in the game, hey, hold right trigger and you'll go faster. I remember them, like, their Twitter blowing up about that. Like, the day it came out, they're like, everybody hold R2. Yeah, basically. God. So they goofed that up real badly. Yeah, that that got bummed up pretty bad. How funny is it for me to come back to this game a month later, like having kind of played <laughs> so through perfect. the prologue? And then I looked at the control screen and said, okay, I can run, I can walk, I can interact. That's it. That's all I'll ever have to do. Yeah. And I get stuck for like an hour at the end of the game because I didn't know you had to tilt the fucking controller sideways. <laughs> was just like, That's perfect. guys, just put everything in the control screen. Why is this hard? They don't have the 50000 to pay for the patch. Oh, my God. Like, they fucked they up, yeah, because they didn't, like, pay attention well, to the last-minute detail, but... It does say hold RT to run now. Yeah, like, they, they had to pay 50000 to do that. I thought that was, an Xbox. that was an Xbox thing a while ago. I don't know if that's still I true. I think Sony actually still, like, in order to patch a game, it's, like, anywhere from twenty to $50,000. Oh, my God, what a disaster. 
So anyways, I finally like actually get to the end of the game and the ending was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then now that I knew how to actually properly interact with the game, I started over uh-huh. and went through the whole thing again, actually exploring every area thoroughly, mm-hmm. doing all the interactive memory things that you have to tilt the controller fucking sideways for, mm-hmm. for some damn reason. And I like, I had an okay time with it. Like the story is actually really good. Kind of once you figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. like kind of remembering the names of these characters, cause it really doesn't do a lot to help you. Yeah. I would imagine. And the, the weirdest thing though, is like I finished the first chapter and it's this big kind of climactic moment with what's happening in these audio logs like there's beautiful music playing and like it goes to nighttime and like a set a secret door opens in this area and it leads you like into a secret path into the second area and then like the title card comes up for the second area and it's just like the classiest moment i've ever seen in a game in a long time cool and i'm just really confused that they let you have a bad time playing it by just walking to the end like why didn't they just force you to do it properly it's yeah, very strange. Like I think they that do if, force you at the very end to do it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's like that. that you're de- you're definitely creating inconsistencies with how your narrative is presented if you don't do that properly. Yeah, it's really weird. But yeah, I went into that game basically wanting to hate it, and it ended up liking it. So that's pretty that's cool. A, that's really that's that is, always cool. that's a nice experience. It's I cool think. to like things. Yeah. I like liking things. Yeah. It's funny, when I beat it the first time, I got an achievement like, oh, you beat the fifth story without beating the other ones. Good job. Nice, nice job, dumbass. It was like 3% of people have this achievement. Ouch. Oof. You are 3%. The dumbass 3%. Even though like 16% of people have like the actual beat the game ending. Oof. Man, don't ever look up those numbers because they're real depressing when you like think about how people consume their media. Yeah, but like anything that's been on PlayStation Plus for free yeah, is going to have it's up gonna have that because yeah. I start like every one of those games and always like within ten minutes I'm like fuck this. Mm. <laughs> but I finished this one. Yes, yeah. yeah, okay time. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's real it, nice. It's real pretty too. Oh, it is. It's absolutely pretty. I watched uh, Rock Lee Smile. I think uh, play through most of that game, and it was it, it, it's damn pretty. It's really nice looking. And it it's it's a sad story. Everybody's gone to the rapture. Well, yeah, I mean, it's right in the title. You know where everybody yeah. went. <laughs> yeah, and like kind of seeing those memories and like people's final moments. Yeah, sucks. That's real. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, real cool. It got to me when I really, really tried to not let it do so. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You resisted so hard. Yeah. The funniest thing is that, so, like, when you go to each chapter, it says the name of a character that mm-hmm. that chapter is going to focus on. The first one is Jeremy. <laughs> so at the very start of the game, you walk into this town, it just says on the screen, Jeremy. And I'm like, wait, what? How, how did... Wait a minute. Where did you do that? It's pulling it from your PlayStation profile. I, I seriously wondered. I had to look like, that. that's just coincidence, right? <laughs> Especially that it's the first one. That would be real fucking funny if it pulled it. And was able yeah. to determine certain male and female names and change the gender. Jeez. That would be real cool. Yeah. It sounds like a pretty neat game. It's. It sounds like, is it better than Amnesia and Dear Esther? Oh, it's definitely better than Dear Esther, Jesus. It, it makes cool. me want to actually play Soma. Cool. 
there's a mod for Soma that like removes all the enemies. See, like I would probably play it that way because like yeah. I like that game's like setting and narrative, but I just yeah. don't want to deal with the bullshit. Like even people who like the game admit the enemies are bullshit in that. Yeah, like I wouldn't want it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So John, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, you had to remind me that I did this. <laughs> I used to put this on the podcast program, and I'd forgotten. Yeah. I, just on a whim, on a lunch break, after not playing any new games for, like, a month, because mm-hmm. I was finishing up her lullaby with Polly, mm-hmm. um, I just loaded up Sonic Advance on a whim and played through it for over an hour. Continue. And I really liked it. <laughs> I don't. Like I thought it. the first one's the best one. Yeah, the first one's all good. right, but like I just don't okay, like the yeah, way I don't true. like the way those games feel at all. Yeah, I played through, I think all three of them, and I just don't remember anything about any of them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like they're just I, not as memorable as the Genesis games. But go on, sorry. Yeah, no, I mean that's no, that's exactly right. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe interested in checking out two because it does the Sonic Adventure two thing where everything's super linear and like you're you got some lots of sick grinds. Oh god, the grind uh, system—it's so broken and dumb and hard to actually make work. Yeah, but it's not really in Sonic Advance one. It's Sonic Advance one is y'all. Hey y'all, do you remember Sonic two? Mm-hmm. Because it's just it's it's Sonic two. It's it's the. They really like that game, and they made a game that's a lot like it. Yeah. Um, and with the attitude of modern Sonic. Oh yeah. Yeah, with the new character designs. Yeah. Um, and I played through it as Sonic, um, and the first half of it is completely is pretty brainless. Mm-hmm. I didn't die at all. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, it's pretty easy to just hold right on those first three stages and just win. <laughs> uh huh. But I mean, Sonic Two can be pretty homogenous in a lot of parts of it and that's fine but it's still um, amazing it's still it's, like you know the best of the series obviously it's still like yeah obviously the 100 percent best in the series and arguably a sonic 2 <laughs> no one would ever argue otherwise exactly um and so- sonic 2 like in comparison to sonic 1 and other games it is it streamlines things and it's breezier and it's lighter and it get there's basically with sonic Every, it always comes down to how much of this is like thinking and rough and making me like have to remember where obstacles are, and how much of it is breezy, happy, fun loop de loops. Mm-hmm. And it seems like more than any other series, whenever Sonic isn't doing the breezy, happy, fun loop de loops, it really pisses people off. Well, it's because, yeah. like, the stuff that's not the breezy loop-de-loops isn't fun and badly designed, and it's just like, oh, look, you like bottomless pits fucking everywhere? Yeah, but if it's just breezy, happy happy loop-de-loops, then it's completely brainless. But Sonic Generations proves you can have breezy, fun loop-de-loops and uh, an entire game of it, essentially, and still be a damn good game. Well, I'd argue, I'd argue that something yeah. like Sonic Generations incorporates a lot of stuff that's not that. It is more than just the... Hold. It's not just you said. Sonic Advance is hold right, get to the end, d- never think for the first three. And stages. that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying is that um, yeah, for the first three stages. And that's what I'm saying is that when Sonic isn't that, it really pisses people off, which is perplexing. Because then, do you just want it to be hold right? Well, see, like the thing is, like the advanced games and like the DS games, they do bad, mm-hmm. awful things when they're not just doing breezy, fun, loop de loop, grindy grind shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, I, I think that a lot of 
Sonic Generations is fun, breezy, loop-de-loop shit, but the things that they do add and the gimmicks that they do bring back mm-hmm. are fun. Like, they, mm-hmm. they, they take the fucking truck from <laughs> Sonic Adventure 2 and they make it into, the, they bring it into the side-scrolling part. And make it really cool. And make it really cool. Like, that's awesome. Yep. It is awesome. So, that's what I'm saying is that, like, that's sort of the core conflict with Sonic, is that when Sonic, with a lot of the response to Sonic, is that when it isn't brainless, mm-hmm. it tends to offend people. Right. Like Sonic 2's climax, which is which is rough as hell and probably needed to be and needed to be yeah. tr- eased up a lot. Yeah, Metropolis is kind of a real fucking bullshit. It it's bullshit, but also if there was no Metropolis or Airship Zone or anything, or that game um, loses its climax entirely. Exactly. So you need you need it to get rough at some point yeah. in order for it to have any teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just think that the teeth that some of the teeth that it has are very unfair. Yeah, and Sonic Two, it's a little bullshit comparison with compared with a you know maybe more thoughtful game like Sonic One. Sonic um, One is not thoughtful; it is boring. What? Um, so Sonic Advance is, is, is brainless for about half of it. And then it really, I think, comes into its own in the second half Mm -hmm. where I actually started dying a lot. Um, and not on the boring bosses, but on the stages themselves and having to like think my way through it. And like, honestly, it's a smoother curve than Sonic 2, um, the way they get things a little bit, the way they escalate in the climax, because the last couple stages are really rad because it's just a big like rocket ship yeah and periodically throughout the ship um and it's just this one really long tall rocket ship and you climb up and up and as you climb um pieces of the rocket ship fall down behind you and that's yeah. where your checkpoint those, those stages are fucking long and big too they're br- yeah it's but it it doesn't feel like it drags on to no me it's it's, it's it is that climax it's paced well mm-hmm and they have a nice they have um just simple bosses that have like simple little patterns that can be a little bit dem- that have just enough randomness to be demanding without being bullshit. Yeah. Um, so Sonic Advance one, as far as like, hey, remember Sonic Two games go? It feels kind of fucking solid to me because it once it gets to that back half, it actually is pretty legit fun, and there's no bullshit where you're like having to you know, unlock everything with every character or whatnot. And there's no, it's just load up the game, play the game, enjoy yourself. Um, I think it's probably kind of like what new super Mario brothers did. Yeah. Um, and I haven't played the sequels or rush. I feel, I'm sure that those games add on. I know those games tack on a bunch of extra bullshit and Sonic advance one's thing is that it doesn't really have that, which I appreciate. Yeah. So I kind of forgot about it when it came time to do a podcast, which is telling yeah. Um, yeah, but I respect it for like in the moment while I was playing it, I was like, "This is better than I expected it to be." This is I'm having a good, real good time right now. This, actually, this isn't actively on fire. <laughs> this is yeah. This is pretty sharp in places. Once it gets to those climactic levels and it starts, be, like it's fun. Like it's fun for a little bit for the those brainless stages. Mm-hmm. Um. But it, it's only good because it evolves beyond that at some point. Yeah. Um, because that's not the kind of fun that sticks in your head, I think. Yeah, um, I agree. So I I respect Sonic Advance 1. I kind of want to play 2 because 
the dumb fucking Sonic Adventure 2 grinding bullshit sounds kind of <laughs> fun to me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know about three. I think there's some weird tag team stuff. And I want to play Rush because it has that cool... It, the soundtrack's real neat. Um, isn't Rush the one with like a world map? Or is that oh, Rush Adventure? I think that's Rush Adventure. I played Rush seems those, pretty... Rush seems pretty bullshit. It's I awful. could not get it either, though. Like, really? the Rush games are so bad. Mm, but the music is good. And that means they're good. Sonic music is always good. Except yeah. when it's on a GBA. And then it's fucking terrible. Well, no, terrible. it's very good. The music in Sonic, in Sonic Advance is pretty solid, it's too. It's fucking terrible. That. It's coming out of a fucking ass. Literal ass. <laughs> That's all that GBA has. So, Sonic Advance, Sonic Advance 1 is, like, a very humble thing and not, like... It, like, I can't imagine people really wanted more than that out of Sonic Four. You more know, likely, yeah. Oh, yeah, it kicks the shit out of Sonic Four. Yeah, even not having played it in ages or remembering it, I'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's better than Sonic Four. Episode yeah. two, episode two's pretty good. So Polly's like oddly enough the one defender of Sonic Four. <laughs> I won't defend. I won't defend episode one. But I will say that episode You did two, at the time. At the time, I thought it was alright. Like, I think that, like, they had some good ideas, and I, I like the fact that everything changes, like, with it. Like, they just take gimmicks and throw them and, like, use them, and then, like, get out of here. Here's a new level. Do something more. And, like, they're decent gimmicks. It's kind of like the game Gimmick. No, the Gimmick is... Gimmick is rad, but it's fucking Yeah, hard. Gimmick is rad. I, fucking... just, it does this. Gimmick does the same thing. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Yeah, so it seems like it seems like Sonic Advance One is maybe the game that a lot of those things were trying to do, and it and it, it's it's pretty short, which I appreciated. Yeah, it, it doesn't take long to get through at all. Yeah, I think it's only the six main yeah. groups of stages, so shorter than Sonic Two. Yeah, Sonic uh, Two is like ten zones, I think, ten mm-hmm. or eleven. Yeah, so Sonic Advance is like backwards looking and humble, in a way that. Like, when Sega proper was making Sonic games, they made Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and then Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and then they were like, well, that's that. Because mm-hmm. you, don't, you don't really do more with that style without completely transforming it. No. And, like, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, that's, that, that, was the, that was the ultimate Sonic game, really, like, in every, in multiple sense. Like, you know, how can you make, how do you make Sonic 4, really? Like, yeah. on the Saturn. The Genesis. Yeah. I mean, how do you make it without it just being that? More. Yeah. I mean, Sonic Mania. Is Sonic like, Mania you know, is basically that. It's but... yeah. What if we made a 32X or Saturn? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that, but at least it's 20 years later, so it feels it feels better. It's 20 years <laughs> it's later, been, and it seems it like it has. And, it, and weirdly enough, the, like the people behind it seem like mm-hmm. they understand yeah. like those older games more than, so, than than Sonic Team or Demps do. Yeah, and if it's and if Sonic Mania is just like a humble, backwards-looking thing that nails all the fundamentals, kind of like Sonic Advance mostly does, then mm-hmm. I'll be real happy with it. Yep, yeah, that's that's definitely because, like, you know a a two-play game this year for sure. Yeah, because you know what, Sonic Mania is also much prettier than Sonic Advance because it yeah. has the good good the good designs. Yeah, instead of the bad ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of the bad garbage designs. No. <laughs> Red. Uh, wait, no. No, Polly. No, it goes to me. Cool. Polly, um, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? I played through an RPG. 
You played through a whole RPG? I played through a whole RPG in the last two weeks. God damn. Yeah. Like, I actually, I actually only took me a week to beat it, and I was doing it while I was doing all of the fucking last minute shit, uh, to her lullaby, actually. (laughs) Uh, I played through, uh, I am so. Uh oh. Uh oh. You never mentioned this on Twitter that you were playing through uh-huh. this. Oh, is it Rhett's turn? Yeah. Oh, oh. Oh, uh, yeah, I played I Am Setsuna, and we were just talking about games that, like, are humble and they look, they're, they're backward looking. Um, man, I Am Setsuna really wishes that it was 1994 again. Yeah. Like, it's every, so... Every... God! So if you don't know what this game is, it's essentially... Chrono Trigger. Chrono it's, Trigger. it's Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger, you guys. It's Chrono Trigger, but in Iceland. Like, Iceland. Yeah. Like, a Super Mario World level. Like, it's all just ice. Yeah. Um, Man. <laughs> oh! You seem struggling. The fucking, to... the fucking game has a slow walk through a forest... With the goddamn credits. Final Fantasy VI, you guys like that? Oh. The people that made the goddamn game are called Tokyo RPG Factory. And it's just like, I imagine it's really just a factory where they take old tropes, throw them in a machine, and it spits it out. Like, you guys like all this old shit that's already been done before? Here it is. Do you guys like X-Strike? Here's your first combo attack. It's X-Strike. The main character starts with Cyclone. (laughs) Guess what? Spells he gets. (laughs) Oh, I think I visited the Tokyo RPG factory in Neptunia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's just like, I, I had to keep playing this game because it was like, <laughs> surely this game is going to do something to, to have its own identity. It's like, okay, well, let's look at the story. Okay. What if I told you there's a girl and she needs to go on a pilgrimage to do a big thing to save the world. And it also Are means, you serious? And it also means she dies if she completes it. Boy. Are you serious? Boy, Final Fantasy X and t- Final Fantasy X and Tales of Symphonia sure were great, guys. God. And, like, none of the characters have any identity at all. This is the most dryly written, boring piece of crappy crap I've ever had to do. I would rather play Fairy Fencer F again. (laughs) It's just, like, it's so uninspired. Like, it tries to do its own little things with the battle system. Like, when you, like, when you... Uh, initiate attacks and like, or, or like, okay, so like when you're taking damage or waiting, you've got a gauge that's building up, and when it reaches the top, you get a little pip on your UI. And uh, what that is, it's like an extra action point. So when you attack and you press X at, and you time it properly, you'll use that point to do something different with your attack. That's like the one thing that it does to try to distinguish itself. It's, I mean, it does a. Ah. Uh, 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 <laughs> this game is so boring. Why do you, why is this reviewed positively? It's Chrono Trigger, you guys. Remember Chrono Trigger? Except that Chrono not Trigger? even because not even because Austin loved this game oh, and doesn't wow. like Chrono Trigger. Fucking, I hate Austin. <laughs> I hate him more than I hate John. Oh damn. 
What about Sonic Adventure? I hate him that's more. That's what than, I thought you were gonna say. I hate him more than Sonic Adventure. Man, well, that's not saying much because you love. That's your favorite game. I would rather play Sonic Adventure than ever have the displeasure of ever talking to Austin. What about what about Sonic Adventure? I'm Hetsuna. Sonic Adventure. Damn. Cuz like don't don't say things you can't take back. Like <laughs> and then okay, so like that's your story. That's your whole setup and yep. none of the characters have any kind of growth throughout the entire like everybody just has their one thing. It's just like oh and like god, they entered the way the dialogue is written in this thing is so bad because it's just like you've got a char- you, you've got you're obviously the voiceless protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. so you don't ever talk and you got like this first character you meet introducing you to this other friend of hers that she's known all of her life. But like the way she introduces her is like, Oh, that is my best friend, blah, blah, blah. And this is her entire life story. And it's just like, did you, <laughs> did anybody try to like actually go over this script to see that like, it makes some kind of, you know, Oh God. It's so bad. You get... The game is, like, constantly throwing choices at you. Like, in in conversation. And it's just to make sure you're paying attention. None of the choices matter. They don't meet... They're just, like... And so they're they're going over this thing that's going on right now. And basically, like, they'll throw it to you and be like, So, like, what do you think? And then, like, I'm just, like, tapping the button at this point because I don't give a shit about anything that's coming out of anybody's mouths. And anytime uh-huh. you're wrong, anytime you're wrong, it's just more dialogue boxes of the characters making fun of you for not paying attention. <laughs> what a great thing to have. The game even tries to have a shitty time travel thing, like, right at the very end, and it even uh. fucks that up. Uh. It's a just, like, ha- like, this is the most boring, bland bullshit that, like, I've ever... Like, wow. It's so bad. Does it ever get past the snow areas? No, it's just all snow areas. And there's only, like, three different kinds of areas. Ever. It's just like, do you like, like, uh... Rhett, do you like, uh... Do you like snow forests? Uh Uh-huh. Do you like snow towns? (laughs) (laughs) Is the other one snow caves? Yes! That's all. <laughs> That's all. That's all there is. They they don't do anything to distinguish it at all. It's just here's the three. It's in- really sad when you think about how diverse Chrono Trigger is. Yeah. Yeah. Both in its areas and its main cast. And this game was published by Square Enix. They would oh. have had the money. They would have had the money to kick to this game to get these people some extra assets if they needed it. But no, they wanted to make the most boring game imaginable. It's like Chrono Trigger, you guys. It's like Chrono Trigger, you guys. And that's really like, go look at every fucking review on Steam. Every fucking review on Garen Goddamn T mentions, it's Chrono Trigger! It's a Chrono Trigger's a great game! So it's a great <laughs> game by default! Also, I like to pick little turd nuggets out of my own butt hair and eat them! <laughs> Man, this game's so yeah. bad! And, like, everybody, like, they're all defined, like, every character. Every character has, like, two or three text boxes, and that's their entire story. It's just, like, go to this dungeon now. Okay, now go to this dungeon. Oh, you met a new character. Here's his life story in three text boxes. Were you paying attention? No. Okay, here's three more (laughs) text boxes making fun of you for not paying attention. So it's, like, the worst elements of Chrono Cross, basically. Basically, yeah. 
yeah. where you have this party you don't care about. Yeah, I would I would play a Chrono Cross before I'd ever oh. touched I Am Setsuna again. Because Chrono Cross does it? have like differentiating factors, a diversity of setting and characters. Yeah, and whatnot. yeah. But just like the characters having nothing to them, basically. This is yeah. a big complaint to that game I've heard. Yeah. Did they get the Did they get the thing in Chrono Trigger where the battle system is like at least pretty breezy and quick? It's breezy and quick, but it still manages Whoa. to. It feels like it feels bad. Like the uh. menus are really clunky and slow. They're like weirdly clunky and slow to respond, even though the game is running at sixty frames a second. Like I don't yeah. understand. Like it just like feels like the commands aren't. It feels like they're on a weird delay. Like, when I press left to go to this character, it's just like, I'll get to you in about half a second. <laughs> weird. Imagine if they were, like, intentionally emulating Ugh. Chrono Trigger on that aspect, too. But that's not the case I, with Chrono Trigger. It, sound, it definitely sounds slower than that, but I have noticed that game isn't super fast. Like, mm-hmm. Chrono Trigger's menus are breezy as fuck, dog. You yeah. just like, They just, like, bring up all three of them, like, right beside yeah. each other. Rats playing the PS1 version. Uh, yeah, probably. he's only yeah. He, he actually thought that was the original version. Yeah, you big poser. <laughs> You've been getting called out. You finally got exposed, Rhett. How does it feel? You sick, you sixteen-year-old baby. I was twelve when I came out. I don't know actually. Wait, actually, ninety-four. I would have been. Yeah, yeah. I was one. But um, man. Hey, y'all are. I'm. I'm very. I'm much younger than y'all. Yeah, You're you the baby are. Boy. You're baby y'all boy. Y'all are very. Y'all are much older than You're me. You're our douchebag baby boy. <laughs> but man, like I just, I kept playing it because it's just like, surely, surely this game yeah. cannot remain this fucking boring and just be this iterative of things that other games have just blatantly done. Like this game isn't taking ideas and expanding on. It's just taking their ideas, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, the only thing unique is that this game has an all-piano soundtrack, which just starts to run together after a while. That's actually cool. I didn't know, I didn't know that. It's, like, a cool idea, but it all just runs together. Like, there's not a lot of difference in tone and progression or, mm-hmm. or mood. It just so all it's not like, actually that's especially piano music. Pardon? A good piano soundtrack. Yeah, it's not yeah, a good. Right? It's not a good piano soundtrack. It's just boring. And they're like, oh, it, it's like you know, an ice setting where snows everywhere. Like that's yeah, the only how long is it? How long was it? About twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. God, they needed it needed to be shorter than that. It needed to be about six hours. You know, really though, really though, I bet that would have been really pretty solid at six hours. Like I could see a lot of those very simple story beats playing out at a nice pace with a breezy battle system and a simple soundtrack. If it was just much, much shorter, it's so just drawn out. Twenty four hours. Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, my yeah, Chrono but Chrono Trigger is good. I'm yeah, saying but that like, but I'm it's saying a bad that- game. Yeah. Chrono Trigger has so much happening in, like, 20 hours, and this sounds like it has two story beats in 20 hours. Basically. Yeah. Because it has, like, a front... It has a front-loaded, story-based intro, of course. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's this big middle part from, like, hour 2 to 23, where it's just... <laughs> 
Go to dungeon, go to town. Go to dungeon, go to town. Go to dungeon, go to town. Go back to other dungeon. Go back to other town. Go to dungeon, go to dungeon, go to dungeon. Magus fight. Go to dungeon, go to... Oh, wait, wrong game. No, it's got a climax like that, too. That's not very good. God, that sounds like Drek. It is! It's utter Drek! And just, like, it's a... Oh, it's the greatest thing ever, because it's Chrono Trigger! You know what would have made this game I like awesome? to jack off and let it dry in my pubes, and then I pick it out like boogers and eat it. Hey, that's that's a little <laughs> personal. What? You know Never. what would have been cool in this game, though? If all of a sudden, at the end, you found out like this took place during Corona Trigger, in like oh. negative 9,000 BC or something. Oh. That, that would have been funny. I would have appreciated that. <laughs> That would have happened, I would have needed to buy two monitors. Because <laughs> I would have trashed the one I have right now. And then I would have trashed another one. So I need to buy three monitors. God. I would have just trashed the second monitor out of spite. Because I was angry that I smashed the first one. Hey, y'all. People listening to the podcast. Play her lullaby instead of I Am Set. Hey, that's a good <laughs> idea. And hey, guess what? It'll only take about 90 minutes of your time. Play her lullaby. Fifteen times. Yeah, we sure played it a lot more times than that. God, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, mm. don't like, don't support this Drek. It's all, it's just so uh. backwards looking in all the wrong ways. Like you look at all yeah. the a bunch of pixel games that come out now that have pixelized artwork, and like, look, I'm an NES game. Look at me, Jet Gunner, such a good game. <laughs> Not really. Guys, it's an NES game. Yeah, right. There's two types of like retro throwbacks. One, there's like just taking what worked mm-hmm. and taking what didn't work and just making a copy. And then there's games like Shovel Knight yes. that try to evolve things in a smart mm-hmm. way. Yes. And Lord knows literally all of our games where like the three of us where their influence yeah. is on their sleeves. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Hunters was very definitely like, I'm making Mega Man Contra. Yeah. But it's hey, like, y'all like, it's still... y'all like Echo the Dolphin? Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but... <laughs> no, but I'll I'll play your game inspired by it regardless. Yay! I played a, actually played a little bit of Hero Core as well. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, this reminds me of the shooting in Kikai. It's almost, <laughs> like, I com- it's almost like I completely ripped off Hero Core. Because <laughs> I love Hero Core. <laughs> Is that a transition? Yeah, is that it should be because I don't really have much else to say about I am Sensei. I think Sumo. you've said enough. Other than yeah. like this, fuck that. Other than fuck that, that game. People are fucking dumb, and this game is awful, and you <laughs> should feel ashamed. Oh, it's so great. I love this character. <laughs> There's something dark in me that wants to play it now that I know how much Polly hates it, even though everything I saw about it made it look bad, and I was like, I'm not going to play that. I'm just glad I didn't pay for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I played it on a friend's account. The piano soundtrack sounds cool. Outside watch- of that, it sounds like Drek. Watch- now I just want to make a game with all piano music, though. But you I mean, know what's real boring, though, is all piano music and all ice areas. Like, it's a deathly combo. Yeah. It'd be great that you could make that sing if it was like six hours long though. Yeah. Like ugh. Like that that could kick ass. I would I actually conceptually really like the idea of all ice areas and all piano music. Just it, it can't it can't carry twenty four hours. Yeah, you can't that cannot sustain a game for twenty four hours. Absolutely uh, not. I swear um, to God, 
this game is going to be the PlayStation Plus game next month. That'll be real funny. God. Mark it down here. What's that happen? <laughs> I don't know. Do Squaresoft games ever end up on that? Like, I don't uh, know. You're probably right. Yeah, you're like they're pretty protective of ever letting their things get devalued in any way. Other than the 50% sale that they're currently doing. Yeah. Which, like, that's pretty rad. Yeah. Like, Rhett, get Final Fantasy XIII. Oh, I have so many games I should have to play before that. Yeah, you should, but you can get it for cheap broken. now. Hey, and Rhett, hey, hey, Rhett, in Lightning Returns, you can dress up in a bunch of different outfits. And yeah. In <laughs> yeah. PSO2, I can dress out in all the outfits, including the director of Nier's head. That's Yes, but you can't great. dress up Lightning in PSO2. Yeah. Can you? No. No. You can't dress up Lightning in PSO2. Nope. Well, that's, that's all I've been into, so from here on, it's the Rhett and John show. You two have oh. at it. Rhett! No, it's John's turn now. Is it? Oh, wait. No, Fuck he it, threw John's it to turn. me. He threw it to me, you dumbass. Oh, fine. Okay. <laughs> we had such a transition there. We're good. John We're yeah, great. It's a good Segui. Don't worry. Okay. There you go. That's how you make it work. It's like, I said Segui. That's a throwback. <laughs> Everybody laughs. Ha ha he he. There and we go. Jumps, and then Anna opens the door and says, did somebody say Fire Emblem? Did somebody say Segui? <laughs> I think that would be a good segment. That would. Once per episode. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> after needing another relaxing game after all that XCOM, I also played through Abzu. What is that? That So I had the perfect way to describe this game, and I hadn't read any reviews of it. I just played it and was like, oh, this is like Journey, but underwater. Oh, that game. Okay. And then I oh. looked up a little bit of info about the game. It's literally by the art director yeah. of Journey. Yeah. Huh. Like, he left and made his own studio and got some people, and they made a game that's almost exactly like Journey. Yeah. But underwater <laughs> this time. And it's All also right. a lot like Flower. Oh, I like Flower. Yeah. So, hey, it's like the horrible pitch. If you liked this, you'll like it. So if you liked Flower, you'll like Abzu. All right. It's kind of, kind of the same thing. Nice. Yeah, it's basically this short, breezy, it's under two hours long. <gasps> I like those kinds of games. Yeah, it's a very pretty atmospheric game where you just swim around. Nice. And take in the sights. Cool. And there's really not much to say about it because there's really not much of a game there, unfortunately. You got walking yeah, simulators they, and it, you got swimming simulators now. Yeah. Does it make you cry? It had a very good climax akin right. to that of the Journey one. Cool, because like, that—that's what makes Journey really sing—is that they really they yeah. nail it when it when it counts. Yeah, because yeah, I fucking I a, love I fucking love Journey. I was a bit worried about the first half of this because like it was going through different areas, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, one underwater area is not that different from another underwater area, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it felt like it could be a bit one one note, and mm-hmm. then they actually really go some places with it, and then the awesome. ending is really sweet. All right, I'd never heard it, of this. It looks really cool. It didn't quite make me cry, <laughs> like, if that's the metric we're going by. like gave, well, you a few, gave you a few feels, maybe. It gave me feels, so did everybody's gone to the rapture, but I just want to say her lullaby was the one of those, those three. <laughs> Alright, so Her Lullaby is the best game Rhett played this two-week period. Yes, no, officially. Oh, what? what? XCOM made me cry in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> Sobbing depression of just <laughs> everybody's dead. Well, I guess that's Her Lullaby. <laughs> yeah, Abzu was a good time. This was part of the Humble Monthly Bundle, so this actually came mm-hmm. with XCOM, basically, for me. Mm-hmm. 
it was just like, oh, something else I actually want to play. That's a good bonus. Mm. Good game. Sounds like it yeah. anyway. Like this is something yeah. that it, I, I, it I sounds ca- better than I am Setsuna. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> yeah. better than I am Setsuna. Yeah, it's just this short breezy journey as you swim around underwater, and there's the very like I don't even really want to call it puzzles, where it's basically like there's a switch here and a switch here. Okay, you hit both switches, you can move on now. Like, <laughs> well, that was, that's what journey was. Yeah, it's it's definitely in that vein. Like, all right. Maybe to a fault, but it's it's very pretty. Yeah, <laughs> and like right. it has it also has great music. Like, well, I would expect nothing less yeah. of like coming from that dude. Like yeah. he just seems to have really high standards for. Yeah, I don't want to put the whole game on one person because it's obviously not obviously it's a team effort. But you know, it, but it is yeah. specifically the art director of Journey. Yeah, founding the studio and doing that. So like, it's his vision, like. Artistically, at least. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Well, I had no idea this thing exists, so that's cool. Yeah, it did seem to kind of slip by because it didn't have, you know, the big marketing push that Sony would put behind it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That was a nice little time. Oh, nice. Okay, so now we can get to John. Okay. Get to me? John! Get to, get to little old me? Little, uh, just get to get little old John. <laughs> I don't know why that's the opportunity. This is the opportunity for Polly's awful baby voice. I don't know why that came out the way it did. I'm not even intoxicated tonight, so I don't know why that happened. I am a little bit. Life is good. Um. So you know how you know how we were making a game. Yeah. And then during the last when the on the day that we were intending to release it, I was leaving on like a five day business trip to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're like, how about we delay the game a week? And then we we're like, yes, that's a good that idea. That feels way better. Like, we're not that stressed me, anymore. That makes oh. me not miserable when we do that instead of miserable. I yeah. like this. The game was originally going to come out, like, on the 4th. Oh, yeah. okay. So we, then we yeah. delayed it originally to the 12th. Sunday. The 12th. Okay. And you were like, well, why not do it the 14th? I was like, wait, that gives us a lot of breathing room. And, like, and all, and all the stress went away. Because we were kind of sweating. Uh, yeah. when we were getting to that fourth release date. And it was just like, well, what if we just announce it on the fourth? And then it was just like, <sighs> Wait, did you plan to just release it without an announcement? We were The, the podcast was going to be the announcement. Yeah. And the release? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were just going to surprise everybody. Be like, boom, go there now. There's a game. Mm-hmm. But it I still I, like I think we did that time at the end, though. Uh, yeah, so, we did. And it made the game so much better. Yep. Cool. So I was on that business trip, and then I spent one night and replayed the game and made a few notes, um, found a few typos. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, I spent three hours prototyping out some art for a shmup mm-hmm. that I have that I want to make at some point um, that I had been scribbling out ideas for during the boring co- business conference. Mm-hmm. If, hey, if you're a coworker, stop, stop listening. Yeah, don't, um, don't listen. <laughs> Do you, uh, maybe, maybe stop. Maybe earlier. Actually, they probably maybe stopped not, the list. They probably stopped this. listening when they got past the the awesome metal intro we have and heard just somebody yelling for about a minute. <laughs> That's probably every where they single, stopped. Every single new episode, I'm like, "Well, this is a perfect one to introduce a new listener." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was the one that was just like, 
Was there at least one episode that just started with like cunt, 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 cunt? I can't I remember. I know. I do know that like one episode was starting about John learning to masturbate. Yes, and that then, was the. One, that's what I was thinking. No, it was oh. your it was a bullet phase. Let's play. We're probably just went cunt, 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 cunt. Yeah, I did that at the end of an episode. I think no, it was the beginning of an episode. The beginning of Brett's bullet phase joint let's play. You said, you said no. He, he introduced me, oh. and I just said cunt. <laughs> The worst. I know. So you know how I was on that big business trip, and our game was coming out that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I got home on Friday, Friday, and hung out with Anna because I was very sad about not being away from Anna for four days for the first time since we started dating. <laughs> um. So I spent. So naturally, our game was coming out, and I was super stressed about it. So I spent like all weekend. Banging away at my machine game at Kikai. Yep. Um, Which he wrote a really cool retrospective on, by the way, about how that game came together. I think that was some of my best writing. Yeah, it was was pretty good. Um, So this is my auto-scrolling game ripping off the ending of Echo the Dolphin. (laughs) Um, With HeroCore-style controls. It's got... I've been working on it on and off for about two years, and I conceived of it about four years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did the final boss of the ending in a weekend. Cool. After being after like fretting about that for years, and then I got home, and then I was like, you know, maybe I don't need a really detailed text intro and ending with a bunch of extra assets and stuff. <laughs> and then it was like, if I don't do that, then the game's almost done. Yeah. And then I did the final boss, and I made the ending, and I was pleased with it. And then it's like, oh, oh. So this is almost done. Um, it's 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 very, and uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, y'all. Yeah, cool. pretty uh, good. I, play, I played a beta version of not the current version that he's got, yep. but I have played a version of this game, and it's it's pretty rad. You played, yeah. You played. I sent a two minute chunk from the very beginning. Yeah, um, to you and Rhett, and the full game is about ten or twelve minutes long. Mm-hmm. I think. There's a lot of level. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of level. Yeah, it goes places. It's ambitious. Um, it's it's what happens when you spend two years making a ten minute long game with very <laughs> few art assets. Mm-hmm. Um, because you saw the book, you saw all the enemy types and all the terrain. Actually, mm. <laughs> God. Oh well, it's good Thursday. though. What a weird thing. So I spent, and then I um, worked a little bit on it during the week. Um, basically, I had the final level, which was real hard. It's very hard. It's pretty great. Um, I, mean, I got the checkpointing working for sure. Um, I think I'm going to take one out, though. I think there's one that's neat, not needed. <laughs> um, and... I had the final level, and I had the boss. And basically, over the course of this week and yesterday, I made the little cor- the you know the creepy build up to the last boss yeah. and linked it all together which is fucking agonizing mm. um and i played through the whole game today from start to finish for oh, the first time damn yeah uh and it functions um, there's a bunch of little things i need to do to tighten it up but it's there almost there like almost done well 
So I'm going to spend some time, clean up some tiles. Um, You're going to bullet phase that shit. It'll be out next year. See you, dog. God, there's uh, no... Don't need to do any <laughs> intro. Don't need to do any any more creative stuff. It's just making the, sure... The grunt all, work. Yeah. What, but even that, most of that's done. It's it's real close. Um, and then I'll, I'll shoot that at you, too. Cool. Yeah, for it. Cool. Um, it's a weird thing. It's going to be real hard and real cool. And it's not that hard, actually. I played through it and I was like, eh. Basically, basically my mindset is that I want to be able to consistently, I want me to be able to beat it consistently without dying. Mm. And I feel like that's a good metric because then everyone else should be able to beat it without checkpoints. With, beat it with, with checkpoints. Yeah, I think that's, that's reasonable. You know what I'll mm. say? I think when you play your own game for a couple of years, yeah. you get good at it. You kind of yeah. get, so, you end up in a bit of a, a bubble. That yeah, may have happened I, with Bullet Phase and Hunters. But that's sort of the thing is that I'm sort of conscious of that. And like, so it's, it's all the ways that it's easy to me. And I'm recognizing like, oh, this is going to be really fucking hard for everyone else playing it. Mm-hmm. Good thing that's what I'm going for. Because <laughs> I want this game to be a fucking pain in the ass for everyone. Um, and then, you know, the, the 10 people will play through the end and be like, hey, this is real good. Yeah. And then maybe in three years, someone will be like, hey, I beat it without dying, and I'll be happy, because that's what happened with Into the Vortex. It'll, it'll be a GDQ. God. So, pretty Some, niche. Someone should speedrun KATB, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Get that in. I mean, that's like, hey, route it out. You know? You could route out a quick, a quick way to do breaks. that. An optimal, do an optimal route. I want to see people break that game. You can you can jump across the oh, the first canyon yeah. by kissing in midair. Yep. I felt pretty proud of that. Yeah. Oh my god. Now I have to try that. Yeah. Speed run. <laughs> Could you listen to John kiss for 15 minutes? <laughs> so so basically what's happened is that we um is that within a month of each other, um, we released a really, really ambitious, meaty visual novel mm-hmm. um, that's the most prose stuff we've basically ever done, you yeah. think? Yeah. And then I'm releasing a really, really meaty, ambitious, for me, action game with no text. Yeah, just a mechanical, <laughs> mechanical machine. You could, if you were, if you were wrong and boring, you could say it's like we made a nar- the biggest narrative game, the biggest gameplay game, but that would be wrong and boring. Um, because they're just both stories yep. that I like a lot. And I'm real excited to share that game with y'all eventually. So I'm probably going to do a preview site and then a big obnoxious countdown and be like, hey, look, look what I finished. <laughs> John, why are you posting about fucking machine every day? God. Don't you know other people have projects and they get real sore about it not me though it's not this email isn't specifically about me not trying to be mean not trying to be mean about john your mediocre game about your mediocre <laughs> shitty game god we get we're we're not salty no i'm not really salty i just think it's real funny yeah god, just true. have the balls to say it to me yeah you could just say it to me without a burner account god also, what's going to be cool is that I've got a bunch of other projects in the work, and basically I'm going to replay, release a million games, and they're all going to be amazing, and people should pay attention to me, because I'm awesome. <laughs> Boom! 
Are you trying to? You're aiming for that thirty under thirty media luminary list. I mean, I'm basically there. I'm already you're doing thirty games thing. in thirty days. Okay, but have you tried putting an amiibo in your mouth? That's mm. the magic key. Mm. I was gonna say no. <laughs> no. But then he realized, yes, actually, I did do that one time. Because <laughs> I'm really into vor. Well, not an amiibo. <laughs> It was, a, it was actually Skylander. I did a big long thing on my private account about the distinction between four and... Never mind. No, 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 no. Never mind. Um, yeah, Kikai's going to come out and it's going to kick ass and then I'm going to make a bunch of other games and they're going to be awesome. Mm. People should pay attention because I'm a creative genius. That's not true. I'm, You know, I'm, I'm on my way. I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about myself artistically. Brett! We're done. What else have you been up to? It's news time. Is oh, it, wait, is wait, wait, wait. Then I have another thing. We, okay. We, See, I told, we told you we should have done him first. We totally okay. fucked it. Thanks, Holly. Okay. Hey, what Holly? else did, did you do? Holly, we forgive you for fucking up the order. Hey, you know what? It's been, it's been one of those episodes. <laughs> they're, they're all that episode at this point. <laughs> I don't know. I feel this one in particular. It just got off on a weird note. Oh, did it? <laughs> I wonder Get who it. we had to blame for that. <laughs> Couldn't be somebody whose fake name is the Green Ranger, could it? Out <laughs> yourself. I listened, to, I listened to Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd, and then I listened to Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd like three more times That's in the last couple Good fucking album. I really like Pink Floyd. Pink I rad. really like Pink Floyd. I didn't realize this. Because I liked um, Dark Side of the Moon and I liked The Wall. Yeah, but those um, are like real, like, like I think you like when you think of Pink Floyd, those are the first two that come to mind. And Wish You Were Here should be another one that does immediately come to mind. Because it's so fucking good. Yes, Jeez. it is. God. All right. Believe it or not, I'd listened to the Welcome to Machine track many times before. <laughs> I would definitely believe that. Because I knew that inspired the level that was inspiring my work of art. And I wanted yeah. to. Think and I wanted to drown in that for a while and get in that mindset. Yeah, um, and wish you the rest of the album is just as solid as that track, which is fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fucking love the uh, all of the um, both of the uh, shine like a diamond. Shine like a diamond. It's late. What is it? Shine on you, crazy diamond. Shine on you, crazy diamond. Both of those are fantastic. Um, so much good texture work. It's amazing that they can have the like a 13-minute song and just have it build in momentum for this whole track. Yeah, this is like, you know, the like album came out in like 75, 76. Mm-hmm. And like the album itself is literally like five songs. Mm-hmm. And it's like this great like 45, 50-minute piece of just art top to bottom. Yep. Just, <clears throat> they were... It was um, looking back at, at um, they are very successful now and struggling with that a bit. Like, how, like being successful changes how you are an artist. Mm-hmm. And looking back on the, the big creative voice that left them earlier on. Oh, yeah. Um, so then they have the big track, Welcome to the Machine, right after the first Shine on Your Crazy Diamond. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking immaculate. Oh, they have um, God that that thing just sent. That's still my favorite of the bunch because it just sends shivers right down my spine. Jesus, mm-hmm. 
Um, they have have a cigar. Which oh is, yes, God. Um, and then they have "Wish You Were Here," title yep. track. Both both have a cigar. Welcome to the Machine is about seven is seven and a half minutes. Have a cigar and wish you're here about five minutes, and they're all yeah. so they're they're punchy. I um, bet Rhett has not heard this album, and that's sad. Yeah, mm. right, Rhett. I've only heard uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, that's a good yeah, album. You should. It's a good album, but you should definitely check out Wish You Were Here. Um, yeah, and then the last one is real good too. Just the, it's the second half of Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Yeah, it's kind of like Dream Theater's done that a few uh, times, where they start a track on the the first, and then like the, there's a track right at the end that's the second part of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the concept, in the presence of enemies, I think. Yeah. Well, they also so it's literally five six degrees. Six. Yeah, six degrees. So it's literally five songs. All of them are fucking immaculate. Yeah, and, and it's just it's got a great flow to it. Yeah, great texturing, great, just amazing. Like for its time, it's got an amazing, like amount of layering and 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 just really great mixing work and production as well. I think every single one of those tracks has just one, at least one moment that just sends liter that just sends physical shivers down my spine. And just kind of makes me gasp for breath a bit. A bit. Yeah. Um, especially on those initial listens. Uh, there's that. Yeah. There's yeah. And it's and it's also just fucking inextricable from my experience with Echo the Dolphin. Um, yeah, it, it, it all really ties together well. Yeah, like that, and the and the symbolism of the machine and all that jazz. So it made me think about my own art a lot, and it made me think about Echo, and it made me think about just a lot of shit. Mm. Um, it's a rich concept and rich music, and it's real fucking beautiful. And I'm in, I, yeah, I'm a Pink Floyd fan now, which I wasn't really before. I just liked those couple albums. And then, mm-hmm. so I'm got, probably going to keep expanding and checking out the other stuff there. I definitely think you should. Like, like I mean, there are some clunkers in their catalog yeah. for sure, but sure they, they, it's just like, I think their music is so iconic and just mm-hmm. so brilliant for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It was, I read, I listened to that following up, um, just throwing in a Led Zeppelin four on a whim. Which, I mean, I think that those are really good sister albums in a way yep. to kind of like go on. Yeah, they go really hand in hand. Because Led Zeppelin 4 is just the, hey, here's eight perfect tracks yes. that are all different, but all incredible. Incredible. It's so good. It's my favorite. Music's great. I love music. I did. Um... I did uh, some rediscovering, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not as old even remotely as, as, as Pink Floyd. It's more of a recent artist. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys heard of the Swedish like doom metal band uh, Ghost? Nope. No. <laughs> uh, okay, well, they're, they're a very theatric band uh, where like nobody actually knows who's in the band. Oh, they look amazing. Weird. Because, uh, because you've got the only person that's actually identifiable in the band uh, goes by the name uh, Papa Emeritus. Uh-huh. Um, and every new album cycle, they always get a quote-unquote new Papa Emeritus because the old <laughs> one goes away. Uh, and they play with... Uh, the rest of the band are just called Nameless Ghouls. And they have alchemy symbols as their identifiers. Uh, but they play a blend. They they play like kind of a modern version of like like late sixties, mid seventies kind of rock that fits that era. Cool. And I've kind of sort of like 
Uh, their last album, Meteora, or Meliora, Meteora is a Linkin Park album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meliora, uh, their last album almost made my 2015 albums of the year list, but I found myself going back uh, this week and kind of listening to their uh, first couple of albums, uh, Opus Eponymous and Infestabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistabifistab
Um, I think, yeah, they... I was kind of reading into it. I think it's two factors. One is that Xseed has a lot on their plate right now, so they wouldn't be able to get this out in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And that, because Nisa is bigger, like they can make a PC port because one doesn't exist right now. Yeah, and yeah. That's a big deal because it kind of sucked that the last few Yeez games didn't have PC versions. Like Seven didn't. Yeah, yeah there's the rights around that stuff is all kind of. That's weird. real weird. Like there was like this weird green light thing where there was a PC port for E7, but, but not by yeah, like Chinese language versions. Yeah, weird. it's it was real weird. But I think those pages eventually got pulled yeah. because it was all a kind of bunch of bullshit. And they were just trying to gauge interest anyway. Like they weren't actually trying really? to get it on Steam. That's that's, a, that's my understanding about how of how that whole thing went down. Um, weird. But yeah, like, that's going to be great. Like, yeah. I love the East games. I thought, I mean, like, East 7 kind of bored me storyline-wise, but I really like the uh, the actual combat and the dungeons and everything were really fun. Oh, cool. Because cool. that's what this one doubles down on? Yeah, it really doubles down on it being, like, this party-focused thing and not just Adol. Um, but it still has, like, that biting, crushing difficulty. <laughs> Uh, of of the the series, you know, the three games that came before it, so that's going to be real fun. I'm happy to see that that's coming to Steam, and again, more Japanese developers getting on the PC yeah. bandwagon is a great thing. But Nisa also announced like 18 other things yesterday. They had like just a big fucking deal of a uh, uh, of a rollout. It was at Katsukon. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I think that's where the panel was, uh, and they just like had this big list of. Bunch of things. We've got uh, a release date for the new Danganronpa game coming out. There's a release date for Ultra Despair Girls now. Um, so, yeah, like, there's a lot of cool shit uh, coming out of Nisa. Like, man, they're just unloading this year. Was Ultra Despair Girls? That's. Which That's one the that? spinoff. That's the spinoff where it's like a third person shooter. Was that not in English anywhere, or was that only on Vita? Well, it's it's on the Vita. Oh, uh, okay. And also, another important thing, I like that this was pointed out, like, that, like, half of everything they announced is actually coming out on Vita, and it's just uh-huh. like, like, every, like, like, how can you say the Vita's dead when it's still got, like, this much support? It's, that's, it's the little system that could, for real. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, like, I straight it's up kind of want one now. Hell yeah. Cool. Like it's it, it it it's surprising. Like I thought that like, like Sony has obviously given up on the damn thing. Oh, like, that's they're not, not that's doing why people were saying it. it was dead because they gave up on it like literally three years ago or something. Like, and you still got people like you still got companies like Nisa and Idea Factory and uh, quite a few others just throwing games out for this thing at an alarming rate. I've heard the attach rate on that thing is like insane. Like Vita owners buy a lot of games, so they keep getting I, I would uh, that's really really fucking cool. Yeah. I'm really happy that like the Vita story isn't like this trash fire disaster a lot of people really like to paint it as. Yeah. And there's still the memory card prices. That, that is a big fucking problem that they really should fix. I mean, that's kind of the reason it bombed in a lot of... Yeah, it really is. I think that's a big contributing factor. Because every time I've looked at it, I go, oh, right, the memory cards, like, add a third to the fucking price of the system. Yep. Jeez. They're so expensive. I think somebody mentioned that, like, in all the Nisa stuff, too, I'm not sure they announced any Switch games. 
I don't think they did, no. But they've got a ton of stuff for the Vita. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. yeah. Unfortunately, the new Danganronpa is not going to be immediately available on PC. Like, that's just PS4 and Vita for now. Which is kind of surprising, given that, like, yeah. almost everything else, the, almost all the other big titles that they were announcing have PC release dates or are day and date of, you know, the console versions. But, um, I don't know, probably some weird rights thing there. Yeah, that makes sense. They have to make a PC version. Yeah, first. like, they just did not have that, yeah. like, in mind. They probably weren't sure at the time how Danganronpa yeah. 1 and 2 were going to do on PC, so... I think... Aren't they doing a 1 and 2 collection for PS4? Yep, it comes out, like, next Hell month, yeah. I think. Yeah, so Hell Dangan, yeah. Yeah, Danganronpa 1 and 2 Reloaded. Cool, so... Fuck yeah. It was a little weird when the third Zero Escape game came out on Steam, even though the first two aren't there. Yeah! Yeah, but I think they did that because they knew yeah. they already knew that they were doing 1 and 2, and it would make sense later. But at least on PS4, they're going to put the Danganronpa games out in order, <laughs> technically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rhett, I bet if you buy that, it'll actually be cheaper than trying to buy the games on Steam. That's what I started to realize pretty recently. Because like, I think, oh, I think, get that. I think Reloaded is only like thirty nine dollars. Well, that would be. And that's and like the other games, like buying them separately, they're thirty bucks a piece. Are they thirty a piece? I thought they were. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll probably be where I end up playing them finally. Do it soon, please. <laughs> you just sitting on these spoilers like motherfucker. I just want to talk to somebody else about it. I finally get to <laughs> hold something over you. I know. It sucks. It sucks. It was, it's really you who could spoil the entire thing for me so easily. Yeah, good. So I won't go. But I would never do that. I'm a nice person. Yeah, you're a nice person. Try to be. Yeah. Uh, so unless, we... unless you're unless you're a Green Ranger. <laughs> I have a Green Ranger figure. Can I beat it up? <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. Put that shit on YouTube. Me fighting the Green Ranger doll that <laughs> Rhett has. Uh, so we mentioned Steam Greenlight very briefly in the Yee section. Yeah. Valve announced they're getting rid of Steam Greenlight. Woo! Not a minute too. Oh long, yeah, this three thing. years too soon. <laughs> And they're replacing it with something that's very blatantly anti-small game developers. Yeah. (laughs) Steam Direct, where you'll just pay a fee, and they don't know how much that fee is. Maybe maybe $100, maybe $5,000, maybe? Fucking insane. I know, it's It's especially insane when Nintendo just announced the dev kits for the Switch are $500. $500. So any number over that is completely insane. Yep. And, like, I think 500 would probably... Because, like, people have figured this out. A fee isn't going to stop the spammers. No! It's going to stop small games, like Undertale. Like, yeah. it had a super small Kickstarter. Like, it will block the wrong games, basically. A large yeah, fee. people are, people are going to have to do fucking GoFundMes just to get their game on Steam now. I really God. hope they come to their senses and don't do a high because like there's gonna be a lot of games on steam like what does it really help to filter out some of the cheaper indies yeah like there's already like 30 or 40 games being released a day yeah it's 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 not gonna change much it's just valve is a nintendo in a way where they just kind of don't fucking get it 
and I, they they, they want to be so fucking hands off of their own platform. It's ridiculous. Yeah, see, like they, they're afraid of touching the damn thing. They definitely have a vision, though. But that vision is just total automation. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Nintendo, I don't know what the hell they're doing half the time. Nobody does. Nobody does. But like, God, like Steam, just like I saw, like what was uh, there's an article title I saw, like Steam needs to stop making its users do the work for them. Yeah, it's true, but that's what they've been building towards for years, so I don't see them changing course. No, they're not, and it's just... They don't They don't even want to touch their dumpster fire that they're creating. They're just like, nope, 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 we want as little human interaction with these fuckers as possible. I mean, yeah, yep. everything, though, from, like, the reviews and uh, curators, like, it's always been passing the buck to the people yeah. to sort the shit out for them. Yeah, it's yeah, just they won't feels... hire anybody who just goes, does this run, yes or no? Yeah, like, they like you can't put, like, ten people in a room, like, every day, give them, you know, a decent, like, minimum wage or a little higher paycheck and say, hey, if something comes in, you play this for a bit and tell us if it works. If it works, go ahead and send it live. Yeah, I know. That's, it's all ridiculous. that's all they would need to do. I think the whole thing from a while ago is that Steam refused to hire anybody that wasn't, like, the best and the brightest. Like, they yeah. don't mm-hmm. want to have any, like, lower-tier employees. Yeah. And that's why Steam support is such a joke, because nobody does it. Yeah, nobody wants, you know, no, there, there is nobody at that level. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm being quiet just because the whole green light conversation yeah, has just sucks. felt fucking toxic and t- to me since three years ago, and I just can't give a shit a shit about we what people giving say a about shit. it. We stopped giving a shit about Greenlight when we stopped it being one of our regular features. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's also just like... the Just the whole, like, oh my god, there's so much garbage shovelware on Steam. I mean, they're yeah, really... like, I can't even I can't even watch Jim Sterling's videos anymore, because mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, okay, it's another crappy yeah. Greenlight. <laughs> we, like, I know. Like, I love you, Jim, but... I mean, he's making a living. Who gives a shit? Yeah, he makes a living on that, and that's fine. Yeah. But I just, like, I don't really... Well, like... I don't know. I want to be in a happier place these days, and I just yeah. don't like take that I don't thing. give a shit about. Yeah. Oh, we need to tear down these tidy, weird games that are ripping people off. Like, ah. So there's two conversations there. There's, I think, the biggest thing that he's really against is asset flippers. Asset flippers. People like, who just mm-hmm. buy an engine off the Unity store and just sell the fucking game right on Steam. Like, yeah, that's that shitty. stuff is what should be shut down. Newgrounds yeah. had a huge problem with that stuff, too, and they actually yeah. do try to cure. The Newgrounds tried to curate way more than Steam ever has. I know. <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? Which is insane, because Newgrounds and the like, solution, hey. And the solution to it is transparent. It's just Valve hires a handful of people yeah. that go through it and make and shut that shit down. Yeah. That's, and they're like it's a not huge like, company, well, probably worth billions mm-hmm. or something. Like, you can afford it, jackass. Yeah, it's absolutely not about the money. It's a, about automating yeah, the entire the entire conversation basically, basically when it boils down to like, are people saying this because they think it's a problem, or are they saying, or is the undercurrent to this? Well, that's just what happens when you let anybody put their game on Steam. Yeah, yeah, that starts going down a toxic road that I think is really bad and dangerous for yep. small game developers and people who want to make. Things that are "quote unquote" not games. Yeah, because the because the anybody 
basically means poor people. Basically. Minorities. Poor people, queer people, people that want to include queer people of color in their games, mm-hmm. things like that. You're not allowed, you know, uh, that I mean, that should it's be It's insane. Allowed. You still see shit like that on the forums when people are like, oh, what is this Neptunia game doing on Steam? Anime. Every single fucking <laughs> time. Every time. Every time a Nep game releases, that's the first fucking topic. What is this shit on the front page? Basically, people think of Steam as like this weird curated museum instead of just yeah, a fucking store. It's Walmart. You don't complain that Amazon has a bunch of products that you don't want. Exactly. Oh no! Amazon's new releases is too clogged up. How am I going to find the means I want? How am I going to find this bookshelf I need? There's like 50 bookshelves coming out every day. This is a nightmare. How am I going to find my dragon dildos? How am I going to find my dragon dildo when there's so many dragon dildos on Amazon? This is a nightmare. Yeah, for me, it's never been about like bad games or games I don't want on Steam, but no, specifically specifically stuff that's just stolen. It's just yeah. blatant and made by yeah. shitty people that trying mm-hmm. to earn a quick buck on things yeah. that they didn't create or put any effort into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's sad is people have said like, they Valve could fix this by getting rid of Trading Card. Loophole. Because yep. what uh, Digital Homicide was it? Yeah. yeah, their whole business model was that off of Steam they would sell their entire game catalog for like two dollars. Mm-hmm. So you buy that, get all their games on get Steam, all the cards, then get the cards and sell them for more than two dollars. Yeah, that's all it was. It was a fucking like money laundering, weird, weird, weird pyramid weird. scheme kind of thing. Just selling cards to people who want their level higher. For- yeah, that's so stupid. So, like, there's a way they could fix this to make that not profitable. Mm-hmm. But it, because it works for them, too, because they get, like, two cents yeah. off every card. It's Why like would when, they? Yeah. It's like when they were like, oh, we had no idea about the, what was it, Counter-Strike Go gambling. We'll take oh. steps to shut that down now that we're aware of it. Oh, get <laughs> like, the you fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Just fucking rag on, rag on Steam and Valve. Rag on the man. Yeah. Don't rag on the weird queer artists. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's really yeah, ultimately who this is going to affect. Unfortunately, it's real frustrating because I was people are talking about like, what about a free game that wants to be on Steam? Exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> what about her lullaby? Like that could totally be on Steam. Yeah, like I, <laughs> you've I got all the rights to it. If we hadn't, if we hadn't stolen the photos in the background, we could easily make new backgrounds. <laughs> I was actually yes, wondering. we could easily make new backgrounds. We could easily get new backgrounds made and yep. put it on Steam as an oh, that would be amazing. But you know that might not happen if it costs five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars, John, for our free game that we just want to share with people. Jesus. God. Yeah. Fuck. That's it's like that famous um. It's like that famous band Rage Against. <laughs> you know the weird, the weird artists and whatever. And also, fuck yeah, Valve—they're the best. They make they make Half Life, I guess. Oh, actually, there was another news story that one of the head writers of Valve—I think it was Eric Wolpaul. Yeah, Wolpaul left. Yeah, he left, so they have like no actual game makers there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so they are just like a software company now, and I mean, like VR, and and they make a store. They they run a store. Yeah. Poorly. Yeah. And Dota. 
And go buy itch.io money doing it. Yeah, go buy itch.io games. They're pretty great. I really feel like this is going to lead to at least a second competing storefront for indie games now. I really loved itch.io's uh, response yeah. of like itch direct. <laughs> Upload your game for game. free. God. Have you guys done that yet? Uh, I think John. Uh, we'll work, I'm yeah, working on it. That. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're yeah, gonna get I'm actually getting trying to get all my games up on itch. Yeah. But I'll probably just do her lullaby first. Yeah. And worry about that. We're wanting to get the source code up there eventually, too. So yeah, yeah. I, we just got to comment it up. We're going to be releasing all of that open source so that if you know, anybody wants to make games or, or a visual novel, they can look at what we did and apply it to whatever yeah. they want to do. Cool. Feels good. Because we had to figure out some weird-ass programming oh shit. God. Mostly for the fucking autosaves. God damn. Oh, that shit was annoying. Saving is so bad. Oh, God. Savings the worst in game design. I'm not going to have that in machine game. Feels good. 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 Any other news? Uh, that. Nintendo Switch found in the wild. <laughs> oh man, this story is all kinds of so sketchy. Do, you, what, do we just want to start from the beginning? Let's start from the beginning. Let's run down the timeline. So, all right. Basically, this guy said that. Oh, weird! I was shipped a Nintendo Switch early. Huh. Here's a bunch of pictures and video of the UI and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, uh... Also, here's a photo of me trying to sell it on Reddit first! Yeah, and then that happened. And then Nintendo came and took it away, and people were like, Hey, you can't you take can't somebody's property! So, oh no, but this guy, I, I work at a barista, you see, and, and this guy <laughs> came in and he just said, Oh, I don't know, I just got a Nintendo Switch somehow! Yeah, so the and whole he just, he told it to me. thing was not yeah. particularly true. Yeah, the story really fucking changed today. Yeah. And then, so, about when we started recording the podcast, Nintendo has released a statement. What is their statement? Early, earlier this week, individuals claimed to prematurely purchase a small num number of Nintendo Switch systems from an unspecified retailer. Nintendo has determined these, these units were stolen from, in an isolated incident by employees of a U.S. distributor, with one system illi being illegally resold. The individuals involved have been identified, terminated from their place of employment, and are under investigation by local law enforcement authorities on criminal charges. Oh, fuck, son. No, see, I think uh, the yeah. guy posting all the videos and stuff, like, might have legitimately not known it was stolen. I don't know. The way, his, the way his story <laughs> just, I it just strikes me as all kinds of shady. But, like, oh, I don't know, like, the... Best Buy shifted early. I don't know how that happened. Well, I don't think they can prosecute him for anything because they, Maybe can't, not. they can't. They can't. They prove can't prove he really, knew. Yeah, they can't prove he knew. But yeah. like, that's just my general thought. Is like, I think you're the guy that stole it. <laughs> well, I mean, if he was, they'd know. But because he'd work at this retailer, like, if he's true about being a barista, then obviously it wasn't mm. him. Hmm. It's just a fucking weird story altogether, and people like defending it. Oh, Nintendo has no right. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? But, I mean, yes. Now that we know that it was stolen, like obviously that's illegal. But like, it's also mm. just funny that like that thing comes out in less than two weeks. Yeah, and we still don't know much about it. I know, and this man, one guy was doing, like, way more PR work for it than they have been doing. Yep. 
like but it hey, got people Nintendo. excited about it to see the UI and stuff and like the unboxing. Like, mm -hmm. Nintendo, what are you doing? Yeah, that is coming out, isn't it? Yeah, it's March third. That's less than two weeks. Is Zelda yeah, coming out too? I next, guess that is our next episode. Jeez, I and Mario's not out yet though. So Mario is like fall or Christmas. Yeah, that's uh, late this year. What else was there besides Zelda and Mario? <laughs> exactly. Oh, one two switch. Oh my god. Okay. Binding advice. This might. This could be. This could be the thing we pick up in three years when yeah, it's cheaper is... and they made and they release their Mario Maker or whatever. Well, see, here's the thing. You have a Wii U, so you have a way to play Zelda. Everybody yeah, else absolutely does too. it. Yeah. God, I can play Zelda, can't I? God, that's yeah. weird. Video games are so weird. Oh God, I like how many platforms there are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just can't keep up. Like, I got PS4 now. I'll just live with that for Have a while. Ever get a Vita. Not yet. Just, I actually, I've actually apparently... We've mostly played... Um, we played a shit ton of Overwatch on the PS4, so that's good. There you go. Mm -hmm. I don't like uh, play much Doom yet. Like, I haven't really gotten a chance to play it, just because I've just been busy. Yeah, like, I, got, I, got, I got it close to the, like, end of last year, around, like, November... Mm -hmm. I think it was around then and then like in December we started on her lullaby so uh -huh. yeah. and I didn't do I didn't do much game playing while we were working on that yeah same we wrote a shit ton well now every words. week you can bring bring it in two now games now we'll again. bring it up every week yeah we're gonna be sure to bring it up every week oh, no, I meant I like think... bringing in games that you played about to talk about yeah it, feel, right. it feels good like I, I had to like re I, I had to fucking re I had to uh, all the games to play, myself. you chose to finish that one. I just, I had to know! I know. There's something endearing about a shitty game. It wasn't endearing! But there's Nothing something about it was endearing! You can't look away from a train wreck sometimes. Like, you like have to Sonic know. 06 was a brilliant train wreck, and I loved every moment of it. I played it because it was fascinating. I played this because I thought, there's no goddamn way something can be this boring and acclaimed at the same time. <laughs> Fuck if I wasn't wrong. Hey, that sounds like me. That sounds like me in Secret of Mana. It's about the same. God, that's brutal. Okay, but what, so if, they, a, what if they do a throwback game? I am Setsuna 2, but now it's Secret of Mana. Well, it's Tokyo Games Factory. That's all they want to do. They just want to make... I mean, I think that's their mission statement. Is they just want to make old RPGs. They just want to make the old stuff because that's what people want. You guys like uh, how you guys feel about uh, Dragon Quest? You like that? We'll make that. Dragon Quest Eleven looks cool. I don't know. It was real that. nice. It was real nice to play Fire Emblem a bunch because it was like I had to remind myself how to relax. Mm -hmm. A bit like I like I got home after the business trip before the game came out and was like, well, I'm gonna spend all weekend working on another game. And <laughs> I was like, go. wait a minute, something's. I'm normally a very lazy person, and I need to le get back into that because it makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so is that it for news? Yeah, and we have no questions. We have no questions. All right. Well, that will wrap up. Another fine episode of the Sox cast. I had a good time. What about you guys? It was very uplifting. It was uplifting. <laughs> Super uplifting. Got off to an explosive start right <laughs> out of the gate, and we just never lost that energy. <laughs> it's like I didn't Pretty fuck much. up the recording at all. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> so uh, thanks everybody for listening. John Thire, where can we find you? Farawaytimes.com. You can check out me and Polly's new game, Her Lullaby. Rats, where can we find you? N3.tumblr.com. I have a lot of games too that I made. I should promote them more on my Twitter. Do it! Hey. Do it! Yeah, I think I probably promote your games more than you do. <laughs> I think we're your best PR department. Yeah. And hey, before we close out here, I have an interview that I will be conducting with voice actress Kira Buckland uh, coming up, and that will be uh, airing a week from this episode. So I'll I'll put that up next Sunday. So you have a nice little hey look episode 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 right in a row boom <laughs> that's fantastic. So uh, from all of us here in Soxland to all of you out there in not Soxland, remember we are the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you except the Green Ranger because <laughs> you're just a cunt. <laughs> <laughs>